Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. And tonight we are just shooting the shit. Uh, and we have our good friend Riley Jimison here uh, shooting shit with us. So we're going to hit on a very variety of topics, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. One, yeah, we're going you know, to tackle the big issues. Like, is there God? So <laughs> I don't know, Owen. Is there? <laughs> I don't know. And that has been all the right, religious section. Next, moving episode. on. <laughs> Next question. Great. We're rolling. Right. So. <laughs> I'm going to start with, okay, so the topic, one topic that I wanted to talk about with you guys is, um, I mean, we sort of hit this virus mid-breeding season. So, yeah. like, there's some things you can't, you can't undo what's, it's <laughs> like, there's certain shit that's rolling down the hill and you listen, can't stop listen, the cart. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, like, listen, the eggs have not hatched and the freezer is still there. You can undo ooh. anything. Depending on where your moral morality line is, I can't I can't, can't can't cross that line. I know. So, yeah. but I'm with but, you, Owen. I, go ahead. I, feel like, I, feel I know what you're getting at. So keep going. So yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna talk about that for for you know as, as long as it goes. But um, <laughs> you know I I, I, I kinda, there was Jesus there was a whole bunch of controversy uh, on Facebook. Ooh, God for you know like that's a shocker, right? Right. Um, right. But uh, you know I think. Keith had made a post, and basically in the post he was sort of, I think the point he was trying to get at is like, you know, now that um, uh, that this is happening, what do you think it's going to, how do you think it's going to affect, um, you know, sales for reptiles? Are people going to be into it? Because even if we get out of the coronavirus part of it, you still have the economy part of it, you know? Yeah. People, I mean, you know. the amount of people are unemployed. Yeah. I don't know. There was some talk about whether or not, you know, people would, you know, buy things because they are, you know, I, don't, I, I guess my point is, and I don't think somebody's going to spend a thousand dollars on a snake if they don't have a disposable well, income. Well, let's put it this way. If you're the kind of person that's going to take your coronavirus relief, those that $1,200 and immediately spend it on an animal. I it, like I you shouldn't be doing that. Like that's not what it's for. So, um, but I know there's gonna be people who do that. So, you know, obviously when we have a downturn turn in the economy, every time reptile sales suffer because your disposable income, you don't have snake money. You don't have that extra cash that you can run out and spend on a snake. You know, your tax return comes in. You need all of it as opposed to like, oh, I'm gonna spend a little bit on this and then go buy my snake. So, you know, I think people should prepare themselves that they're going to have to hold on to the babies that they produce in 2020 for longer than they expect. And if you're not prepared for that, you should separate your pairs immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. Um, And like I said, um, you know, there's also the thing is like, there there aren't going to be any shows a lot. There aren't going to be a lot of shows. So a lot of the, um, large name uh, dealers and wholesalers aren't really going to be operating because the shows are their bread and butter. They rarely ever do major sales uh, online. Um, if they do, it's to normally to other people who are vending shows or filling pet stores, um, some of which aren't even open right now. So, 
everything kind of grounds grinds to a halt. So you don't have your safety net of if I produce too many, I can always wholesale a bunch. Um, so it, it, again, if you're not okay with that, you should be backpedaling right now quickly. And it, it, it's kind of like there's this there's this old wives tale that is in reptile herpticulture that keeps coming up every once in a while and riley will know the one i'm talking about mm-hmm. it's the if i buy the alligator and i raise the alligator eventually a zoo will want the alligator and uh-huh. i can give it to a zoo yeah. riley does that ever happen <laughs> <laughs> no exactly right they don't want it. It's like, you know, the same thing goes with large snakes and stuff like that. It, so right now we're kind of having another kind of lie turning around that we don't really want to face. And that is the um, I will be able to sell at the normal pace and then the normal amount as this whole thing is continuing. And that's not true. So I think, uh, yeah, I think snakes and reptiles and pets as a general are a, it's a luxury. Luxury markets, a luxury industry. Right. So I think inevitably, for that reason alone, there's going to be a downtick for sure. <clears throat> um, for like the rare species and stuff that you don't see very often, I think there's still going to be a decent, you know, level of uh, turnaround of people buying those because that's high end stuff and they don't come around all the time. But the really like high end stuff or the really common stuff, I think you're going to see a serious decrease in it. And everybody who's got, you know. 50 60 pairs plan this year is going to be in trouble yeah i mean and that's not to mention you know even if it takes even if you can say all right well yeah if it takes a while for me to sell it i'm cool are you though because i mean like i said no shows so it's gonna be harder for you to get food um also uh certain rodent places have had to up their prices because the price of shipping or feed or other things like that has gone up as a result of this so Things are going to start getting a little bit more expensive to do that kind of stuff. It's well, the, well. So here's <clears throat> my my part of the the discussion that well, mm. I guess if you want to call it the discussion on the Facebook. Post, Did it start as a discussion and then downturn into like Thunderdome? Like I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. usually how it goes. Yeah, so. yeah. And it was, um, you know, I part of it was is that you know there was uh, I, I don't. I understood what Keith wrote and, yeah. and I, I immediately knew what he was saying, you know, right. um, for one, for a couple of things. So me as a breeder, um, you know, I've always had, I don't know if this is uh, back from listening to the reptile radio for, for so long ago. And like the one thing that they said, you know, don't breed what you can't keep, you know, imagine you're going to have that thing for two years. You're going to hold on to it for two years. So only be yeah. prepared to produce what you're able to take care of because who knows what's going to happen? And this is a perfect mm-hmm. example of this isn't anything that anybody did wrong. But, you know, I think in, in my mind, this is what went through my mind. So I'm going to equate myself, right? So there's me who's a hobby breeder, and then there's yep. Nick Mutton who's a professional breeder, right? Right. And I like Nick Mutton a lot. I, I respect him. I think he does, you know, he's, he's the carpet guy, blah, 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 blah. But he does this for a living. Yep. So if I try to continue to make tons of pairings, right, that mm-hmm. are going to somehow compete with him, I mean, if you only have, let's say, you're only able to sell, you know, uh, 50 caramel jags or 50 whatever, whatever you want to say, you know, 50 hypos or whatever, that's, that, that's how many is going to sell in the U.S. 
for 2020 into 2021, mm -hmm. right? So, right. like, I want Nick to continue to be there, mm -hmm. like, because I'm a customer of Nick as well. So by me making too much and killing the market, I could potentially put him out of business and, and hurt, the, hurt the Carpet Python community mm -hmm. because somehow I think that I have to make X, Y, and Z. I don't think that anybody was saying that you can't make X, Y, and Z. If you want to produce 100 clutches of carpets, we'll go to it. But understand that you might not be able to move them. And what happens always in that situation when you, when you think it's going to be something different than it's not, you know, all of a sudden you're dropping prices, you know, yep. you know what I mean? So again, you're affecting the other people. I, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe it's just because I don't do this for a living and some people do. So it's more cutthroat. I don't know. But like, to me, at the end of the day, I want guys like, you know, I'm trying to think of people that are full-time with carpets and really Nick, I guess star is another one, you know, mm -hmm. like these guys that are, I mean, I don't, I guess do you consider Todd, I guess Todd does it. That's his full-time job, right? Yeah. Todd, and, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Todd's full-time. Um, but I don't know if Kerry is, does, does he consider himself full-time? I mean, I know it's a business and all, but a lot of slayer money kicking probably around Kerry's house, but I mean, like it's sweat if he doesn't sell. I'm pretty sure he's okay. <laughs> it's um, right. The, uh, I mean, but you got to think about it, even stretches of people like Garrett. It's like, you know, it, it, it's people who do this full time. It can hurt, but it, you know, normally there's enough people for everybody, but the market is going to take a downturn and you know, it, it's going to be, you're not going to have that thing of that. I'll be able to sell it to somebody who's just interested in the snakes. Cause that, you know, you lose a lot of kind of stuff without having the shows or this, that, and the other thing. So it, but it, it's, it's not, I don't know why people just got insulted by it because it was the Keith was like, just pretty much breed what you're prepared. Like you said, prepared to take care of or what you can handle. And, you know, a lot of times these lessons, people are totally adamant against until they experience it. There's always that, you know, uh, we saw it with the Jag. We saw it with the zebras. People spent a lot of money, took out loans to get these animals because they thought they were going to take them, breed them, sell it, make a ton of money and then be good. I mean, like, dude, I bought my first couple of, my first room of cages on credit because I was thinking my first clutch of caramel tigers was going to sell and I was going to be awesome and pay back everything. I produced one caramel tiger out of that entire clutch. So <laughs> yeah, um, you learn the lessons the hard way because we have those people. Um, we used to, I think we called them burnouts at one point you come in, you buy a shit ton of animals the top bloodlines, you got all this other stuff. You start tossing them together and then you try to sell them and they don't go, or you have one bad season or you don't make the money back as fast as you thought you were going to make it. And then you just burn your collection and sell it. And it, that happens. And these are the kind of times when people will get out, to be honest with you, because they're going to have hard financial times. They're going to have a shit ton of babies that they don't know what to do with. They're not going to be able to go to shows. So they're going to start selling collections. You know, people are going to start. And then people, when we get through this, are going to regret that. Yes, probably. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just produce what you like, and then you don't have to worry about selling it anyway. Smart. I mean, yeah, well. you know. 
You could be like me Eric. and just hoard everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, oh, you beat me to it, Owen. All right. And, well, Eric, Eric, Eric produces scarcity for his. Own. I think it's a whole marketing ploy. I don't even think he likes carpets. It's just that, you know, <laughs> by telling somebody you can't have it, they immediately want it. Dude, so, there's no you know, denying that I like carpets. I mean, I mean, I get no this. way you can deny that. You know. So it's it's just one of those things where like. like it, this would be the kind of time where we find out that you are into breed, breeding bearded dragons as a money thing, and you really don't like doing it, and this will be when it goes away. A lot of the um, just-in-it-for-the-cash guys are going to be the ones who are going to be out first. Do you yeah. even see those people anymore? I mean, do those people yes. exist? I guess yes. I just don't rub shoulders with them. Oh, they're the ones who go to for places like... Um, they're the ones who go to shows or buy entire clutches of normals and then you see them selling them online or craigslist or a couple tables down like they're not like the importers and stuff like that they're the guys who just try to find the 20 dollars snake that they can sell for 40 dollars. isn't there a guy on youtube and i kind of remember like he 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 brings in a bunch of like reptiles and then like pretends like he fixes them up and then oh my god sells them again well i mean well, if I mean, oh, there well, are. If Riley don't know about it, then maybe. It then it, oh, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not as plugged in as some others, but I wouldn't. Bo- I wouldn't be surprised if there is something like that out there, man. Wouldn't Dude, surprise me at all. But that's what happens in some. There are people who work with closely with the importers and the dealers, and they grab the animals, raise them for like a year, year and a half, and then sell them. But they put a higher price tag on them than the imported babies because they put in all the work of feeding them, growing them up, and probably loosen two or three along the way. I'm not but, talking about like a Dan Maleri. Or a clockwork or kind of guy, like, yeah. No, I'm okay. not talking about that. I'm talking about like, you know, somebody's getting rid of a bearded dragon that has oh, dude, that like happens all. bone disease and like, you know. That happens all the time. There are lettuce for the past five oh, years God. and shit like that. And then like he fixes them up and then recites. I, wow. I don't know who it is. For- I've seen it and I... And I was like, is this real? First <laughs> like, off, this can't be oh, real. Man. No, it totally is. Because first off, if you go on places like Craigslist and stuff like that, there are people who have reptile rescues all over the place. And they are not licensed. They are not anything. They're just some guy taking reptiles, taking in animals. Now, some of them, I'm pretty sure, I, 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 hope, I like to believe, I hope that they are truly acting out of the kindness of their heart and they have the ability to help these animals and are just trying to take them out of bad situations. But I got to think that some of these guys are just taking them, fixing them and dropping them off at the next table at Hamburg. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's that and worse. I know plenty of people that troll around like the Southern California. Like I've seen folks that go to the random, rescue or uh you know whatever reptile local spot thing and they see these morph ball pythons on there and they're clearly like marked 20 50 bucks whatever it is just because they need them to go to a good home and you know they've been in crap situations and these people are getting them because they want a cheap deal on what they think it is and and you know they're gonna go around and breed that rescued animal that like just survive some ordeal you have no idea and like screw ethics you're just gonna try and it's just ridiculous that that's that's the equivalent of going to the pound to get a german shepherd because you want to breed german shepherds yeah it's like 
you're eh, like if you're gonna like <laughs> if you're gonna do it get the land get the animals get right. the licenses do it appropriately do it, right. do it correctly it's right. you know it, it's you know how many times melissa has to deal with um animals being brought in that are like multiple times bred then she's like what the hell they're like oh no no this is my therapy dog and the other dog just keeps getting loose all the time and they just both happen to be like blue fawn pit bulls it's weird right it's like <laughs> it's like dude come oh, on God. it's like that's that that's some people are just they just are wired weirdly but if again it comes down to it is that if you can't take care of these animals don't do it and just pause. It's okay. There'll be other times to breed the snakes. You know, I'm getting ready to pull all my pairs apart because uh, it looks like I'm getting like two or three more clutches. And then I'll be like, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm good. No more. I'm good. So, right. you know, of course, you know, the olive shakes loose and that's like worth three clutches. Oh. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One year you breed olives. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants it, it, them. Nobody wants them. They're all here. It's like, oh, it sucks. Oh, yeah. boy. And they're See, but if, too, like, if it were the white lips, if, if it were the white lips or the Timors or the Ruffies, like, or the Ruffies, I'd be like, don't care. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Freaking green olives. Yeah. I feel good about this season because I have, uh, you know, uh, today I got another clutch from a snake that not only have I admired in two other people's collections. Right? <laughs> <laughs> At first it was a guy named Jason that had the snake and then Dave Kelly had the snake. And then, you know, Dave Kelly was getting out of, um, out yeah. of IJs. So he asked if I wanted it and I was like, hell yeah, you know? And, um, it took her a couple years to acclimate, but she finally laid a clutch today. And dude, that's such an awesome feeling, man. That's such we, a cool feeling when your project. Can we sit here and say that, my friend, you have bred the three major types of Morelia all in one year. You've bred coastals, jungles, and IJs, and then you have a potential of getting something like diamonds. Yeah, you're having a kick-ass year. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty happy about. It. I mean, you got Molly Ringwald produced the clutch, which is another one, and then you have this, uh, you know, other F1 Poplin, which. Uh, yeah, is there another? Now is there another animal that we've been waiting on? Because I mean, like, first it was your exanic female, then it was Molly. Like, is there another animal that annoys you because it won't breed? Like, do we shift the blame to that animal now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a few. <laughs> I don't know if the there's top several of in here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I have I have those on the. So right now I have four clutches on the ground. I have the Damn. Red tiger, red jag. Yeah. Um, the uh, the gelatins laid a clutch. Um, the two IJ clutches. So I got the uh, MPNGQ to PC Bell, and then the. Uh, you know, the one I just had, uh, F1 to uh, K2 Eddie animal. So, nice. Cool. Some cool stuff. And then, nice. you know, like you said, diamonds, maybe. Hopefully, who maybe. knows? You know, yeah. that, would be, that would be pretty awesome. You've and again, I would hoard locks. them all. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? so, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would hoard them for a while. That's a lot of baby tanks, though. I mean, they get to set up all these little five gallons in your room. No, no, no. Get a rack for those. Yeah. Get a rack for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you would, you, would you just put their heat on a timer? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Um, and we'll see how it goes. I know uh, I would probably raise it up a bit and uh, mm. have it a little bit warmer. So definitely give them some perching. And uh, I think with the diamonds, I would do the thing that I kind of do where I, I use the sphagnum moss mm. and, I, and I let them hide in it, you know? Like with the rings? Yeah, I, I really got the trick from Keith McPeak. Um, he was at Carpet Fest, and he was just, I was telling him I was having trouble with this uh, short tail not eating. He was like, well, why don't you try sphagnum moss? And then, you know, noticing that I've watched it at Matt's house for years. You know I mean? <laughs> it didn't even take note. I'm just like. <laughs> We've seen this a million times. Right. Like, yeah, I know. Duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I don't know. What about you guys? I mean, what do you, well, go ahead. Not whoever, it doesn't matter. Tell me, you know, what. Well, Riley, why don't you start? What do you got? Yeah. What, what do you What are you working on this year? Uh, what eggs do you have? It's uh, it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a quiet and slow year for me. I've got the uh, Tiger Head Exanic to Exanic uh, clutch in the incubator. That's nice. two weeks in. Yeah. And then uh, I think my my albino Darwin is being being stinker again and just not working for me this year. And I don't know what the hell the citrus tiger girl is doing, but at this point in the season, I'm willing to bet she's trying to take another year. But, um, and then rainbow boas, the, my big adult girl is a month into her, uh, development. So she's got another three months before she drops a big messy litter. I forget Riley's got the live bearing monsters. So, yeah. like, you know, it's like it. I yeah. can't pull the plug on that one. It's already too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you don't I have that extra two months to destroy the eggs. It's like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. But they, they seem to be pretty popular, though, right? I mean, they're a pretty popular snake. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I get people hitting me up all year round for them, whether I have them or not. I mean, I can't produce enough to fill my demand currently, and, and I don't even have much of a, a reputation in circles of rainbow boa people and whatnot. Like, there's a few, you know, relatively well-known names in rainbows that people are always suggested to. Uh, Dave Calling, Ike Leitner, Trace Harden, a few other people like that. And, uh, and yet somehow, like, there's just kind of an unquenchable thirst for rainbows, whether it's normals or morphs. Like, people just really like them. So. I picked the wrong damn boa. I do remember, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, there was a mm. book called, and you probably remember this, Owen, at Martin's Aquarium, and it was called Pythons and Boas, right? And it had the yes. worm on the tree on the yes. cover. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I remember when I first bought that book, I was like, oh, you know, my dad gave me like, I don't know, it was like $15 or something, which, you know, back then was like a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, I got this. Eric could buy, Eric could buy a hot dog for a nickel. And then when he was a kid. <laughs> Trust me, man. When you, when you guys are older, I'll probably be dead at this point. But yeah. When you guys I mean, will be older. Dead. You'll be like, yeah. you know, and back in my day, we had this virus, this coronavirus. <laughs> we had to stay inside for months. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Uh jeez, but it, like you know, it's but I the, miss oh, I yeah. miss Martin's Aquarium. <laughs> I know. Anyway, there was a I remember flipping through the book, right? And my and, yeah. and I don't think I've ever told the story, but like really the one thing that kind of like kickstarted my thing with snakes was the this guy his name was Raymond and he moved in next door to me, right? So he moved mm-hmm. next door and he had this boa constrictor, right? And like, dude, nobody had a boa constrictor. Like, nobody had that. You know, it was like he somehow his mom worked at a pet shop and he got this boa and it was a normal boa. It wasn't red tail boa. So back then, 
you know, you would have like, if you saw a red tail bow, you would lose your shit, man. You would be like, <laughs> what the hell? It's red on the tail, man. Like, you know, <laughs> freaking out. And like now it's like, meh, red tail bow, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny to see how it's, how the perspective has changed. Anyway, I remember we were flipping through the book, right? And I was like, dude, I want a bow constrictor. And there was two snakes that the kid told me. He was like, no, 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 man. Check this out. Look at this. First was an indigo. He's like, yeah, Isn't okay. That cool? You have my like, attention. Yeah. That yeah, is yep. cool, man. What is that? That's an indigo. And I'm like, wow, it's got a red chin. That is badass. And it's all black. You know, it's an all black yeah. cobra without the venom. Right. Sweet. <laughs> so then he flips and he shows me the rainbow bow. And it was like, oh, yeah, that is, that is really fucking cool, man. Like, wow, that is badass. It's way cooler than that bow you got. <laughs> and like, nobody had boas, you know, but like, anyway. So yeah, that's my experience there, with rainbow bow. Sorry to cut there, you off, Riley. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That's a good story. That's uh, Riley, that do you, what? Do you see that the bow is like? Is it like at a certain point of year people are really interested in them? Because for me and the, the Dominicans, it's like there's usually a peak point where I guess people are looking for them, and I get emails all the time, and it's never when the litters are happening. It's yeah. like like now, like right now, I'm getting emails. Do you have any Dominicans? I'm like, guys. Even if the two females have litters, they aren't happening right now. They're going to happen months from now. And even then, the babies won't be ready for months after that. To like, yeah. So yeah. people people hit me up for rainbows usually like early spring, like right now, mm-hmm. or uh, like a month or so after I've already sold everything. Um, <laughs> it's like I get a mad dash for like two or three weeks where I'll be selling a bunch of them when they're ready and I'll just sell like the entire litter like like crack and then all of a sudden I'll just it'll be silent for a week or two and then I'll get bombarded with tons of inquiries and it's like where were you a couple weeks ago like I'm fresh out sorry right. but uh this year I'm not keeping anything from this pair so because uh, um, I've got enough babies from this pairing growing up so this is just to to keep making some cool ones i mean if something freaky pops out i'll keep it but otherwise this is just to fill the the never-ending demand right, so they, right. they're like the one snake that i so far have yet to worry about ever selling because i could put together a list twice over before i even have a litter mm-hmm. and what do they typically go for like what are they, they like a five hundred dollar range or higher or what? No, the normal rainbows for like a good colored, like you know, nice one with no specific label like high red or anything attached. They're like mm-hmm. two twenty five, two fifty or so That's for babies. That's not bad. That is not bad. Yeah. No, super affordable, and they're going up. Like I remember six, seven years ago, an average baby, you know, you could you pay one hundred fifty bucks, hundred twenty five bucks for. For a decent one, a really nice one, you could pay like 160, 180. Um, but then um, when people started working with them and people started noticing and getting some cool colors, then you start seeing this stuff that's like the high red, like three, four hundred bucks. Um, and then you start getting into hypos, and the couple lines of those are like five, six hundred bucks. And then you, you have a couple lines of albinos and some candy stripes and zebras and super stripes and Picasso stripes and all these other wacky things. There's pied over in Europe. So, um, 
the I think the price is slowly creeping up on them because the de the demand is going up, but not a lot of people are like filling that uh, demand, so the supply hasn't matched it yet. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's been my experience over the last five six years. You know, it's it, if you can get a pair of snakes for under six hundred, I think you're doing okay. You know, yeah. and that's that's not bad at all. Um, and then I think after that, I mean, if you can get a pair of snakes for under a thousand, you're doing awesome. If they're really like high up there, so that's yeah. not a bad market at all. I mean, no, so, yeah. it's it's a reach. It's a reachable price point for yeah. the majority of reptile keepers, um, and it, it's just high enough to weed out the people who like literally just found the reptile world and and saw something shiny and want to buy it because. Sure. Yeah. yeah, these snakes do take a little bit of know-how. They're not I, completely bulletproof. I know plenty yeah. of people that are phenomenal keepers in their niche and their species, and have failed miserably with these things. I am somewhat happy that white lip, the gold white lips, creeped up in price from like two something to like three or four something because now they're yeah. just out of that range. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm tired yeah. of seeing them on Instagram. Like, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing with rainbows is you get the visual color, but mm. they're sort of an intermediate level to keep with the humidity, especially as babies. Babies, they'll desiccate really quickly if they don't have moisture. Um, like in a full day, you can kill a baby if it doesn't have access to appropriate moisture and it's warm enough. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like if you forget to put water in, or you don't give them water, and it's warm in their cage, they'll die. Um, if Damn. they if they don't have humidity, like they will have issues shedding. They have very thin skin, like retics do, like very very thin. Mm -hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, they just perish really easily from desiccation at a young age. After the first couple months. You know, they get a little bit hardier. So um, if you're doing paper, you want that paper wet. If you're doing bedding, you want that real humid, like, tub. If you're doing something with a screen top, you're going to be battling that humidity and spraying it a lot. Mm -hmm. So they don't like heat, and they don't like to dry out. They're like Asian rat snakes. Jesus. And they bite like hell as babies. They make carpets <laughs> look tame. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah, you have, you have my attention, but I... I've been ruined by uh, the Dominican boas, so I shall never do it. So, yeah. Yeah. One day I'll slip one in a package for you, and you won't have any choice. Yeah. That's no, no, your wheelhouse you, there, right, Owen? Yeah, I know. What, what <laughs> you, in your wheelhouse. Man. What you what you have to do is like, just just give it to Melissa, because then I'll be like, well, hell, I can't get rid of it now, and then. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, they they do this thing where they sit and watch you, kind of like bloods do, where their eyes will move in their head and they'll barely move their head, and then they just tense and their whole body explodes when they hit yeah. you. <laughs> Dude, Dude, it's it's fun. My big female, she's as thick as a coke can when. She's not gravid, and she's every bit of six and a half feet. And when she punches, it hurts, dude. I, is, I really don't take any liberties with her. Is this the one that you fed a rabbit to? Yeah, yeah. Because I've so, listened to your reptile gumbo punk podcast, sir. Yeah, yeah. That's the, dear that's God, the one that a rabbit. Yeah. So she was bigger when I first got her. She weighed a little over eleven pounds when Holy I got her. Shit! <laughs> I don't have yeah. carpets that big. Like, oh no, my God. Dude, she's easily the heaviest bodied, biggest snake in my collection. Not the longest. My Kribo has her by a foot, but um, right. yeah, yeah, she's a monster. The previous, the first owners that had her, they once they got her up to adulthood, um, 
Didn't they were giving her like the food. No, no, no. They like it was one of those things where it was one guy's pet snake, and so his buddies would come over every couple of weeks, and they oh, okay, and then and they'd beat, make a huh? thing out of it. And so they yeah. got to the point where they wanted to see how big they could get this thing. Uh, the story I was told was <laughs> that they fed this thing a live jumbo rat once a month. Well, I mean. The once a month interval like doesn't bother me. The no, live jumbo like, rat is absurd. <laughs> well, ju- the jumbo rat is what worries me. I mean, it's the size of the prey. You got the time correct. The size of the prey is too big, and also because this is like you're not. See, I would probably you'd probably even get away with that if you were breeding her because she's gonna go off food for a bit. She's yeah. gonna ex- ex- expend a ton of energy uh, producing the babies. Yeah. And stuff like that. But if she's just a pet, a once a month jumbo rat, you're still too far, you know? Yeah. I mean, when after I leaned her out, I got her to a good body condition that I liked. When I <laughs> feed her a large rat, it you can't tell really where it's at. You it, Like, if you were straighten her out, you might be able to tell. So I've got her down. I th- Well, I haven't weighed her in, in a year or so. But I would guess I've probably got her down to more like seven or eight pounds. Okay. But Considering they were feeding her live larges or jumbos, and she doesn't have a blemish, a scar, a nick, or anything on her, she huh. was a savage. Great, dude. she great. She's trained to be a in the gladiator pits. Like dude, okay, yeah, she's she's an assassin. <laughs> she sits in the hide in the back of her cage under moss. So you can't see her. And if you're rooting around in there, like fluffing bedding or grabbing poop or anything, and if you're doing it with your hands and you don't have a lock on where her head is, she'll light you up and you'll regret it. It hurts. You, you speak like you've done this before. Many a times. I got it. <laughs> never, never, never enough to stop. It's funny because, Riley, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, you and I were talking about the Mad Hogs and stuff like that earlier this week. I, I, I keep getting dancing around this idea of cohabbing my Blue Beauty snakes. Because I have them in this very big uh, four-foot cage that is also very tall. Mm -hmm. And they both seem to be doing fine in that. And I separate them for feeding. And I feed the beauties like I feed my Kribo. They just get a plate of fish and chicken and a small rat and a bunch of other stuff. And they are just hogs. Like, they're just pounding down the food. Um, But because the way they are, they're not, like, fat. They're just getting longer and longer and longer and, like, bigger, not it's a beauty snake. If you've got a beauty snake fat, you broke it. Right. You know, are, it's... are they one of those species where, like, if you go out in their natural habitat and you're finding them in caves, like, there's several of them in one cave system? I think so, because, like, they don't seem to bother. They don't seem to mind that each other is there. And I, I kind of dig it because now they're in these. I, I haven't had them in cages since they were babies. Um, so they're starting to be more reactive. They're starting to flare up a little bit more when they're upset with me. And they do this thing where they watch me. And I don't know if you've seen beauty snakes, but they do the slow tongue flick Yeah. where they like stick out their tongue and then they move it up and down. And then like for like three, four times. Yeah. And then they like slowly and then they bring it back in and it's just fun to watch. And it's like, you kind of forget like, you know, you kind of forget what each snake is like. How, this is awesome. Like, all right, this is cool. This is why I have you here. So, yeah. you know, I bet I bet you those guys would cohab just fine if you, you know, continued to keep an eye on them during feeding and whatnot. Yeah. I, bet, I mean, I don't see them being snake eaters. And after seeing um, one of Dan's recent videos when they were finding some of the uh, I think they're a different type of beauty snake, but they were finding them like 
you know, just all over the uh, the different rock formations. Every, you know, 10, 20 feet, 30 feet, they'd walk and find another. And they're all in the same cave system. And I would imagine that as long as food is plentiful and they don't have to compete for, you know, climate-type resources, they would be totally fine. Yeah, I mean, and plus they're an Asian rat snake, so they don't really need to heat up that much. Right. Um, you know, the, the cool part about that is, too, is that if I cohab them, that gives me a the same size big cage for the mad hogs when they get big. True. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, just on getting the mad hogs together, I think that's worth trying because I swear, I mean, I don't know if the speckles or blondes behaviorally are any different, but these animals do so much better together uh, as think, a group. Yeah. I think I'm going to start because the, the speckles and the blondes are smaller than, the giants, regardless, okay. I think even at adult size, um, I would like to put them in bins together mm-hmm. uh, and just keep them together. Uh, the colubrid, but where I keep all the other colubrids, like the bull snakes, the uh, I'm sorry, the the pine snakes and uh, the rhinos and everything else, I think it's too cold for the mads, uh, for the hogs. So I might mm-hmm. actually keep them in the rack where I keep my male pythons, but together. Yeah, I, so mine are in uh, the stack of AP cages that I run mm-hmm. a, a couple adult carpets, and they've got the exact same heat and climate schedule uh, as my, my pythons do. And, and you're getting they, breeding, so something's and, right. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time on that heat. They really enjoy it. And I do. the neat thing about uh, colubrids is you actually see them very active during the day. So, like, yep. if you happen to be home in your snake room, you'll see their behavior. Like, I can see during different types of uh, climates at different times of the day when they're thermoregulating and how they're doing it. So like it gets really freaking hot here in Sacramento in the summer and my snake room, whether I want it to or not, will probably be in the mid eighties at some point. And when it happens, those animals spend a lot of time swimming in the pool and on the far end and flooding things and making it, you know, wet and cool on one end. And then when things get cold, they are glued to the heat. And it's really interesting to see that. Yeah, that's why I put the the timers and attempts on the colubrid cages to the heat kicks on when the sun goes up. And the same thing happens with the carpets and stuff like that. But, you know, exactly the, the, the like I'll see the Kribo will be moving during the day. Same thing with mm-hmm. the Blue Beauties. You go in at night, all the pythons are moving, but all the colubrids have like bedded down like they're they're wherever they want to be. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you'd do well putting those those groups of species together. Um, my my giants are in a ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and dangerous. my 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 giants are in a four foot um, yeah. AP cage comfortably, and they're you know they're not big. I've seen some massive giants in people's collections and videos and whatnot. Yeah, and I've read reports of individuals getting large enough to eat uh, medium rats. My my proven breeder male, I don't think he could take a medium rat, and he's the biggest one I have. So really? they don't, yeah, they don't have to be big. The female that produced eggs for me, she's no bigger than a freaking small gopher snake. Like definitely shorter okay. length, but like as lean as you know. Like right. I feed a small rat for her is a big meal. Okay, my guys have not gotten that far yet. They're still on like adult chicks. Like I'm sorry, not adult chicks. Um, chicks, adult mice, and um, uh, I just got them onto like chunks of fish and stuff like that. So, yeah, they don't they don't need to be big. Um, right. Yeah, I find that like if I, you know, during most of the year, feed them 
a small rat every two weeks, that's perfect. Yeah, um, we're not yet to small rat size. We're like, I bet you they could choke down a crawler. Yeah, um, yeah. But, no, yeah. you're at, you're at a good pace then. They don't need you at all. Good. It's weird to think about. Like, I remember them being these tiny little shits in these like deli cups, and oh. I, I'm like, I'm like, cool. I got Madagascar hawks. I think I texted Eric, and then like five <laughs> minutes later, Riley has exploded my phone, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you do? Who got them? I'm like, all right, fine. It's like, yeah. So yeah, they grow yeah. fast, man. They grow real awesome. fast. Now that we've hijacked the show and turned it into the Collierbird Corner, um, <laughs> Eric, would you? Did you have another topic? Another time? Well, I don't know. Riley, did we finish with what you got going on this year? Did you? Hit yeah, on we kind of went on a tangent. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just did. I just have that one clutch of eggs in the incubator, the rainbows, and then, um, I'm, you know, if the hognose produce, uh, it'll be later this year. No, uh, no, I won't, no. No, don't don't tell the people about the hognose. Those are ours. Hours. <laughs> I, well, I said hours. I'm not a monster. And the, and the interesting thing is, like, it's the other female that's breeding this time that I see oh. for sure. And the the smaller girl who bred last year looks really thick, but I, you know, they spent the last couple months on the heat, and now he switched over to the other female. So I don't know who's going to produce if one or the other or both will. But yeah, they're. They're not uh, going anywhere. <laughs> They're not going to go to any random people who just want a big hog nose because the hype on them recently has stirred up interest. Like, I'm super stoked that people, like, snatched up every import that came in and like they're getting their just due but uh as far as captive born or bred individuals um those those only go to people who are like already working that project and you know are gonna plan on sticking with it um yeah. otherwise they uh they don't they don't need to go anywhere anytime soon yeah because right. you i have the minor captive hatched yeah um, my two and then okay. you've got the captive born or bred and i I keep kick. Last year, I kept kicking myself. I'd spend all my snake money, and then either blondes or speckleds, like captive hatched, would pop up, and I'd be like, "No!" It's like, yeah, <laughs> that kept happening. So this year, I I am gonna try to get at least 1.1 of the speckles, and I need one more male blonde, and I'll have. Uh, 2.2 of all the other ones, and then, you know, you and I will talk about the Giants. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a, a fair amount of imports came in over the last year yes. or two, and so I think we should start seeing people produce. Just get um, lucky, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think it'll take a little bit of luck on the first round, and then people can grow those animals up and plug those in, and then in, like, three years, maybe we'll see a few more generations of it. Um, but, yeah, I think I think people will have success if they just kind of throw caution to the wind and put these animals together and just let them do their thing and you know, try right. to observe them. Oh, so. I'm kind of hoping it'll be one of those things where it they'll they'll breed like gangbusters. People will lose interest. I can get everything I want and build the project that I want, and then Madagascar will shut down. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, aha! <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Know. I mean, it seems to just you know, peak open for like a week and then it closes again. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but, uh, like three months ago, uh, two, two shipments snuck in from Madagascar. Um, and then, and then it closed again. So like a handful of distributors put stuff in people's hands and then it was gone again, just like that. So, yeah, Madagascar is weird like that. It's why did they open it up and close it like that? They just have, 
a lot of government instability and like yeah. turnover and who's running it and, yep. and policy it. changing left and right and a lot of corruption and money and sway and there's they're still trying to figure out you know how they're going to run themselves like efficiently and they're just i don't know whatever seems to be going on with their their wildlife import and export they they don't seem to you know be able to make up their mind yeah and i wish they would because there's a lot of things that kind of need to i don't want madagascar to be picked clean because everybody's interested in this kind of stuff i'd prefer it if it was kind of more regulated and you know you had your certain amount of shipments and stuff like that so i don't know yeah i think i think a lot of it has to do with the um the very high profile uh poaching of radiated tortoises and plowshare tortoises because those things are federally protected they're sides like they're super regulated and yet Every six months, you hear about nine to ten thousand of them being, you know, confiscated in one of the biggest busts in history. Like that happened last year twice. Yep. Um, and so that you know that's still happening. So I really, I really can't blame the officials in Madagascar for being gun shy about export, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and everything like that because we've seen track record in other places that. Things do get overexploited and problems happen, um, and then the locals don't get any part of it, and, and they get screwed and left with you know cleaning up the mess, and nobody wants that. Um, so, like, yeah, there's pros and cons to it, right? But yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think if they keep squeaking out little bits here and there from Madagascar every so often, and you've got those devoted people working on certain projects, you know, I think that's all right as long as they don't just shut it down indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, you know, shut it down indefinitely, but after I've established my projects, then you can go ahead and do whatever. Well, so. I mean, we've, I, I think the trend is, is that as we go further and further along, I think you're going to see more and more, I'd probably more and more now with the, the virus and, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stupid documentary to Tiger King doesn't help shit, you know. Right. I, I told I'm waiting for the reptile king. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, dude, I think that's the thing. I think dude, that's the those... thing that people are missing the mark on. Like, guess what, man? They don't separate cats and big snakes. They're like no, exotic animals. So like, yeah. duh. <laughs> Every person yeah. that I've talked to, they're like, I'm like, you guys realize that the dude was filming at Tom Crutchfield's for a reason. And then he got distracted by a snow leopard in a van. Like, I'm waiting because the footage is out there. It's, oh, yeah. Something's coming. So it's, and, no, you know, guys, it's. Yeah, I don't tell people how many snakes I have in my house because I know people freak out about that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not crazy. I don't have cobras or a crocodile. Like, you know, it's you one of those things. I don't. <laughs> I know. So, oh, you grew it up and sent it to a zoo, right? I did. I mailed it to the Riley Zoo. <laughs> well, when I, say, when I say mail it to a zoo, I walked into Riley Zoo and threw it in a cage. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> chucked it over the fence. Which chucked it over the fence, yeah. That's happened actually. Incoming. I know it happened. I that that is yeah. What is it? Uh, Clyde Peelings has this place. Uh, he has a fountain or a, a pond mm-hmm. where they have red-eared sliders, and you can like put fifty cents in and get the little reptim in and throw it at the red-eared sliders. Oh, yeah. So when I was working at the zoo, we went over to Clyde's place and we did the behind the scenes tour. We're, we're hanging out with Clyde and talking, and I'm like, "This is a great idea." And he's like, "Yeah, we started out with three. I'm like, oh, what, you just got more? He goes, no, people kept bringing them to us. People yep. kept, 
you know, he's like one year because they drain the pond every winter and bring everybody inside. He goes, one winter we counted and there were supposed to be like 150 sliders in there. He's like, there were 200. And I'm like, oh, want to have babies? He goes, no, these were adult animals that were not counted. Like people just brought them to this thing and just chucked them in the cage and yeah. left. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, He's like, we, yeah. Had, we had somebody chuck a, a ball python in a box over the fence behind the reptile house at the zoo last year. And oh, my coworker went into this back area where we keep a lot of logs and branches and cool you know, exhibit features uh, to store. And he goes outside looking for some exhibit wood and he sees like a, a cardboard box back there randomly lying on the ground that shouldn't be there. And he thought that was weird and then saw something move out of his peripherals and he looks over and there's a log propped up against the wall and a ball python perched up on it like a chondro basking oh, in the sun. God. And he call, wait, calls wait, me wait, over there. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I know, it, it climbs. Ball pythons are not arboreal, man. Yeah, yeah what's right. up with that, no, Riley? Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you... A, I'll send you a selfie of me and our our boreal ball python at work. Dude, there's so many people on Facebook that told me that's bullshit. He's yeah. Well, for no, everybody, it lives in a bin and eats African sulfurs, just like in Africa. For all of those people on Facebook who think ball pythons don't climb, hit me up. I will send you a photo of a 39 year old ball python. Damn. Climbing a tree. Wait a minute. They're only supposed to live four to five years and die at 500 grams. Yeah, well, right? when you when you breed them and power feed them and turn them over like, you know, pancakes, yeah, they're not going to live very long. But um, yeah. That's cool, though, it, man. It was up that there is awesome. hanging well, out in the tree. It's, yeah, it's kind of it shitty that the dude threw it at the reptile house. I mean, Yeah, and we hadn't been back there for like four days, so it could have been back there for as long as like four oh, or five days, or, oh, or it could have just been dumped there. And then the box would pick it up, and I knew it was the box it had been chucked in because it had been, like, loosely taped with really old, shitty packaging tape. And there were, like, there were, like dried rat turds in it, so they obviously oh. were trying to feed this snake in oh this tiny little box. God. The snake is emaciated, has belly scales all cracked and split, scale rot. Both of its nostrils chewed off, couple layers of stuck skin on the eyes, and it was just, like, barely breathing. The thing was a wreck. So we got it to the local rescue, and they got it to somebody's house to foster and rehab it. But that kind of stuff happens, and that's definitely not the only time it's happened at the zoo I work at, previous zoos, zoos around the world. And, yeah, now that this uh, this whole coronavirus seems to have some very legitimate ties to uh, the exotic wildlife trade and, and the illegal one at that, at, I bet there's going to be a lot of things changing in that industry. Or the uh, what is it, the 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 wet markets and stuff like that, like the animal markets. I mean, yeah, it's, and, I mean, I'm all for these people who need to eat over there. Like they don't have grocery stores like we do. So like yeah. I get they they live off whatever's you know in their backyard. But yeah, there definitely needs to be some some tightening of the belt on the regulations because those people are just as affected as we are. They are you know they can get sick too, and they probably have even less access to the healthcare to to help them. So it's a yeah. it's a global thing for sure. Sure. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I guess something did call. I mean, I, I don't know if it's right to think this way, but you know, 
yes, maybe that was the cause of, of this virus or whatever. But, you know, I mean, people have been talking about this type of thing for years that could happen mm-hmm. at any point. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. couldn't it just spring out of nature? I mean, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, it could just be. And then, you know, obviously this was in animals and it moved to humans, which to me, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but isn't that like a big leap to do? Yeah, yeah. that's a big deal. Right. Yeah, especially so. in such a short time frame, and then it's mutated a second time, so there's two strains of it. So, it, and that's all happened pretty quickly. So, yeah, it's right. pretty pretty unprecedented. Right. Yeah, I mean, did you guys? So, you know, one of the thing, one of the topics that were on the list uh, was uh, just to hit on, like, you know, I think for me, so for a couple things, like one. You know, like the business that I'm in usually doesn't see like a recession, you know, we'll see a change in habits, but you mm-hmm. people still have to eat. So there's still actually when it's a recession, you have less people going out to eat and you have more people, you know, coming and, and making meals at home. So we actually sure. get an uptick in business when stuff like that happens. Okay. You know, so to me, that's why I was saying, like, the where do you think that the reptile hobby will sort of go during, you know, something like this? And who knows? I mean, I don't think we've ever been in any kind of situation like this where basically we shut the world down for, you know, a couple months and then yeah. hope to rev it back up. So who knows? Maybe it'll rev back up and it won't, you know, I'm not an economist, so I don't really want to make statements on, on that kind of thing. But, um, Damn, I don't even know where I was going at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. I, you're you're getting There's into something on the list. Yeah. You're getting into something on the list. Oh, that's it. So, like, you know, so I guess with me, I kind of saw the writing on the wall maybe sooner than other people did, only because of what we were being prepped to do behind the scenes. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're already... Like, for instance, we, we're already, like, my day-to-day was just, like, how are we going to take the temperature of everybody coming into the building? Like, how, how does Holy that happen? Holy shit. You know? So, it's a law in Jersey, which means that it's only a matter of time before it's a law in Pennsylvania, you know? Or a guideline from the CDC or whatever the case would be. Now, mm-hmm. you know, so... My point is, is that did you guys do anything to like as you, this started to go? Did you do anything to prepare like thinking like, you know, one thing that I don't have and I don't know how I'm going to get it is, the, you know, like paper substrate. Like I usually yeah. use a big roll. And if I try to order it on Amazon, you know, we're looking at the end of April. If, well, now it's probably uh, middle of May. You line is you line is the problem is that, like I get what you're saying. And I did those things but uh like you know i stopped i filled the freezer i ordered paper i ordered paper paper towels are non-existent i finally found a roll yesterday (laughs) Um, like i met i grabbed like two packs of paper towels because that's all the paper towel aisle at my supermarket is becoming i'm sorry my supermarket near my house in general is becoming more and more children of men-esque where it's empty and there's not really a lot going on uh but the paper towel, I guess they opened up a bunch of boxes of just those packs with two rolls in it, and you had a two-package limit per person. So I just grabbed two because I don't know. Um, but you know, I filled up on rats. 
and I spent more on rats than I probably should have, uh, just because I don't, I didn't want to have to go back out there to buy more rats. I purchased paper. I didn't get the paper off of Amazon like I normally do because it takes a while, um, and it's cheaper. I went straight to Uline and paid the twenty-seven bucks for the roll of paper, mm-hmm. and then the thirty dollars shipping. But um, damn, you should have told me. We would have went in together. I didn't think about it. Like, you know, next time, next time I'm going to let you know. Don't don't be be like that. Don't be like that. (laughs) Listen, 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 just because you can't order the butcher paper and let a roll fall off the truck like you normally do. I'm just saying, man, paper towels, uh, I know a guy. I got you. And it's coming off the truck that, you know, could just say like, oh, oh, uh, no, that box. Buy this one here. So give me that one. right. Are we going to start? Are we going to start like a paper? Like towel, like mafia kind of deal. Because I'll get behind Dude, that. I mean, that's a I'm supply. Half that's yeah. a supply that all reptile keepers need, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I haven't seen paper towels for sale at a store or around me in weeks. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I've got two more rolls left in the closet. I'm scrapped. <laughs> I, I've been, I've been going on the hunt every day, man. Like, grab my my spear, my shield, and helmet, and. <laughs> You know, strike off for the winter and hope I come back. Right. <laughs> I, I sure hope Riley makes it out there. Right. I can still see him. He's only a block away. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> um, he hasn't made it very far. He hasn't made it very far. <laughs> need that young blood to keep it going. He, he's weighed down with all the supplies. It's like, you know, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's I stocked those, up. You know. Yeah, I stocked up on paper rats and everything that I could do, bedding, all that good stuff. I did go, um, I was going to, uh, I went to the local pharmacy to pick up Zero's uh, medication, oh. and they had the refills for the Lysol spray, like the bleach spray, mm. and they had a limit, like you'd only purchase two of those, so I bought two of those. So now I can fill up my, you know, Lysol sprayer at least two more times and, you know, use that. Other than that, I, I, I got Dawn dish soap. I might have to, like... Soap and water cages yeah, soon. Going old school. Yeah, oh, baby. Right. You know, it's like eventually you're gonna have, like the, the 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 supplies are there, but you might have to compromise. You know, might have to spend a little bit more. You might have to, you know, I might be scrub brushing four foot cages like with soap and water at some Wait, point. Come on, it's, man. You know, if I got a five thousand dollar snake, I cannot spend twenty five dollars on supplies. Shut your goddamn hole. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it. It's hard. I mean, <laughs> like, dude, I went to my I rodent man, guy. It's too much. I know. I know. I can't afford that. I know. Like, give I me went that five thousand dollars snake. <laughs> I went to my rodent guy and I literally spent six hundred bucks on rodents. And while I was there, spent another sixty dollars because he had packs of rabbits for forty bucks. And I'm like, oh shit! Like, I just grabbed That's what right. I could. You got those retex, man. I, they're fucking that monsters. You one time, they, man. I, no, That's shut up! Feet. Like, you're that was, I, yes, yes, I have a bag of bunnies, and I'll be able to feed the retics twice. Like, <laughs> all three so, of them, twice. So, real quick, since we said retics, what do you guys think about, like, snakes like that? Snakes that make, like, clutches that are, like, you know. I am so sick. glad that only one olive python is breeding. <laughs> like, I am so goddamn happy. It's. You, you know, think it, about like what Jay Brewer and the prehistoric pets and all that shit. Like, I yeah, mean, but are like, they? They have the capacity for them, or at least they should. Because yeah. stop it. Stop. All right, no. Have you they been there? <laughs> no, but 
There is a ceiling. <laughs> I know there's a ceiling, and that's something oh, that they remember sh- when you went to my small tiny room and there was like cages all the way to the top, all the way up like to the top. I know, but it's I know, I know, I know. But I kind of feel that if you have a facility, you should be able to at least accommodate the animals that you're breeding. So what you're saying that makes you legit is a facility then. No, what makes you legit is the ability to take care of all the animals under your care. Oh, okay. So, so, it's not a facility. so you mean what makes you legit is having integrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Had, uh, yes. The, yes. The retake side of things, that's a really good point. I mean, those animals produce 30, 40, 50 babies in a, in a clutch. Sure. And and a lot of those those big names they breed year round. They don't have to wait on seasons. They've got animals rocking and rolling all the time. So, I would imagine if they are concerned, they can stop the the you know from here on forward the, the future. Off. Yeah, and then just you know let whatever is gonna go go, and hope that they can sell those and then just pay attention to the markets. Now, will they do that? Who knows? You know, time will tell, but it's a really good point. Um, you know, Garrett Hartle put out a great video recently talking about his super dwarf goals and, and why he's so into super dwarfs. And one of the things he talked about was when he was doing a lot of mainland stuff, he was selling a bunch of mainland animals and he doesn't see those animals anymore. Those animals have disappeared more or less like, and he, he didn't like that. Because that essentially meant that those animals were either neglected to death or released or, you know, some worse fate where they no longer exist in somebody's control or care anymore. And that, you know, he took it upon himself as his responsibility to make animals that won't put people in the situations as, as his you know, point was coming across to to not be able to care for this animal for its entire lifetime because it got too big or whatever, and and there's an appeal in super dwarfs that way. And I thought that was a really sensible approach, aside from all of his other reasons for liking super dwarfs. You know, he has his own like, you know, personal passions for the the species and the islands, and the research and the purity and this and that. But like, that was a very responsible. Uh, um, thing to to consider and then put out there for people to hear. And with his reach, I hope you know that more people are hearing that sort of discussion right now. Because yeah, like, what if I did hit every single clutch of of babies that I was going for this year? Would I realistically be able to sell them all? Probably not. And that's only like four or five clutches, you know? Yeah. And I think I think there's a perception, like at least this was my perception when you were first getting into reptiles. Like, say this was your like your first or second year, or like you've been keeping for a couple of years, and this is your first year breeding. So, you know, you're you're somewhat familiar with the the market, I and mean, well, the the hobby, and like you know, you know, people in the hobby, and blah 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 blah. What's popular, what's not, all that kind of stuff. And right. then <clears throat> you have you just have this. There's this just this idea that like you breed. You lay the, the she lays the eggs, the eggs hatch. You give it to <laughs> meals, and then it's sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like all the eggs will be perfect. There will be no complications, no. and all the babies will be feeding. And then, right, the first thing that happens is you totally cha- like just the first thing kills you. 
when it's like, oh, she's a male. Like, that's the first thing that punches you in the gut. And then the next thing is that, oh, the male wants nothing to do with the other female and they won't be breeding. Or then she lays an entire slug clutch. And then it's like, oh, or all the eggs look perfect. But then you find out they all are infertile in the incubator. And then the babies all hatch and you get maybe one of the morph that you're the kind or the type you were looking for, and everybody else is just brown. And then that sounds it's, like the last seven years of NPR, man. What I mean, it's my life. I mean, no. You're giving me your life. I'm just rolling shit through it. It's like every what? year. <laughs> also, I'm not like even talking about that, I'm talking about this idea that like all you have to do is hatch the snake. That's not true. It's like there's uh, so much feed more. it three three mice. And you're good, man. You know, some of them gonna, don't even people take are gonna mice. hunt you down, try to get those snakes off you, man. If I ever find people with that mentality, like they truly have it, I'm going to make sure they buy children's pythons and get into breeding them. <laughs> oh, God, just to kill that dream because that <laughs> is just nonsense, absolute nonsense. I've got a nine month old baby children's python right now, I'm looking at who literally just took her first. Full meal and like I had to start it for her. She ate it on her own, but I had to put it in her mouth. And we're at nine months, and we're not out of the woods yet. Like I cannot sell that animal as an established animal. That yeah. animal will probably reach a year of age before it's even at a consistent eating point where I would even consider listing it for sale. So, like, yeah, you you think it's all uh, just going to work out perfectly? You, you've really got another thing coming. But and that's problem- something that me and Rob always talk about is the fact that, you know, you know, this there is this idea and you know, we've said it multiple times on the show that, you know, like, oh well this is why this species nobody cared about it and it got lost. And it's like, no, sometimes they suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. just the truth, man. Sometimes they're not popular they're just they yeah. suck. Yeah. You know? Sorry, Owen, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, no, but it's like it the thing is is like you you there are do you think that's a lie that's perpetrated by even people who breed reptiles because i mean how many times do you have to or have you heard the oh man you just take it home you do this you do that everything's fine and then they breed it's like but there's more i think i think i've noticed a trend away from breeding okay that's good as of late i mean yeah. i know that we've talked about this for a long time on the show it's like you know you don't necessarily have to be legit to you know you you don't have to be a breeder to be legit you know you can you can keep snakes and you can just you know yeah totally observe them and you know right and be infatuated with that you know their their habits and and behaviors and all that kind of stuff um and i think i see a move towards that which is good you know, yeah. that's good because I think, you know, I think that this, there was just, I guess, I guess it just came with the ball python craze, mm. you know, is like, you know, this idea that, you know, in order for you to be even looked at, you had to be breeding something that was cool. Whereas, like, I see more and more towards, like, you know, whether it's a naturalistic setup or a, let's face it, man, some of the shit that people do is art, man. It, mm-hmm. To me, it's art. Like, I look yeah. at some of these enclosures and stuff that they do, and I'm, I'm just blown away. I'm amazed. I'm like, wow, you know, that's really badass, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which, which I, I think, it, I think it's, it's good for the hobby, 
you know i think that long term that and then that i think it i think in the long term i think that more people and i even get this now i don't know if you guys get this it's like it's more acceptable to have snakes or have a pet snake it you is i mean like yeah more, definitely more people yeah more people have that as a go-to pet anymore which is good you know yeah, yeah. It, let me put it this way. I mean, buying a snake's cheaper than getting a hypoallergenic cat. So, you know, I mean. I it's... know from experience. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I would say that that's something that, you know, also people don't really understand is that breeding your animals is the most dangerous thing you can do to your animals as far like from a health standpoint, you know. Where do we have the complications? Sometimes we have complications with their cycling. Sometimes females have complications with laying eggs, you know. Um, my my Crebo died this year because she laid a bunch of eggs. They all turned out to be slugs, and then she was uh, she was bound up. And before I could end up getting her to a vet, she ended up passing. And that sucks. Uh, you know, and that's just one of those things where, you know, I, that's a risk you take. Um, and if you're not prepared for that, or if you don't want to do that, don't, it's not, nothing would force you, nothing's forcing you to do it. Just have one, two, spoil the shit of them, get eight foot cages for, you know, a ball, a ball python. I don't care. Like it's whatever, but. Sure. Well, yeah. And even when you do just have a pet, like think about how frequent it is for random ailments and things to pop up when yeah. you're just talking about your dog or your cat or your pet turtle or bird or whatever like it yeah it's going to happen one way or another the benefit to only having one or two and not breeding is that you're not you know committed to a bunch of expenditures in other ways and you will have the money to take it to a vet yeah i mean dude i'm i'm getting ready to send my second macwatts python to the vet for surgery this year because i mean you've got to be freaking kidding me what is up with this species but it's it, you it's what you do. Class, I, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the curse that keeps on giving. Like, I don't understand. It's probably because I gave you too much shit over uh, those eggs in that incubator. Mm, it just keeps coming back to her, like, Karma, bro. just one more thing with the goddamn Maclots pythons. Like, please, God. So, yeah. But it, that's, I know some people who wouldn't even do that. They would just be like, well, whatever, or put it in the freezer. And that's, yeah. There are decisions that you have to make with but, that kind of stuff. And it's, but see, that must be a species that you really dig because, you know, I mean, you've, you've yeah. tried to breed them multiple years. You ran into yeah. all these issues. Year Slug year, eggs, lost male, one female. It's this, it's that. Female turned it's into a boy. A right. Female turned into a boy. And you still have them. I still have them. Right. I keep yeah. going from like, I keep going to like five or six and then down back to glitch. And then like and it's five not or even six. Like, it's not even <laughs> like you see... You know, it's not like they're crazy expensive money or anything like that. No, you know, it's just that they're, they're, you know, it they're they're a cool snake, and they're the snake that the reason I like them so much is when you bring them out, people are like, "What the hell is that?" It's something that because it's different. It's different. Like yeah. you remember, we had a I had a water python in my display at Tinley Park, and people were all about it because it was reared up, showing the orange belly, and it was not the same ball python they'd seen on every single other table or something like that. So right. that that's what draws me to a lot of species is the unique attitude, uniqueness of the animal. And, you know, it's not something I see on every single freaking table. 
you know, and that is my main thing where it's like part of me is looking at my corn snakes and I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> like, it's like, right. Cause you see them all over the place and they're, but they don't take up that Joe much space. Smack the wall, man. He sorry, I'm sorry, the wall, man. He's straight up punched. No, no, the wall. he's gonna, he's gonna oh, like. Fucker, I'll know when he, I'll know when he's listening to the show because like he'll just be at my door and just slap me <laughs> and then leave. It's like, yeah, it's, but it's I just like you, that. It's, when he comes to pick up the box, I give him a good smack right in the beard, like right. I asked right him for. Uh, I, I actually asked Joe for uh, a bunch of um, his isopods, so now he's just gonna like not send them or. Uh, Send them with like Wait, a bug bomb. What do you bomb. need isopods for? I am setting up naturalistic bio. Oh, Jesus. Creepo <laughs> <laughs> shit a lot, dude. And I just want bugs to eat it so I don't have to clean it. That's All I want. not bioactive, man. I don't think that's how it works. But It's I don't exactly know. how it works. You're going to need a lot of bugs. I have so many. <laughs> I'm actually trying to get them. I have them established in the Timor Python cage because oh, yeah, uh, really? a friend of mine had this, the the zebra ones or the tiger ones. I forget the fucking ones there are. The orange ones. I don't know. Um, and they weren't selling at a show. So they literally gave me like five or six deli cups full of them. And I just threw them into the Timor cage and they like exploded. And uh, now when like I move the Timor's water bowl, you see them like all running for cover. Um but like the team were sheds and if I don't get in there fast enough, they'll start picking apart the shed and stuff like that. They, they'll eat it. So, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doubt me. I, I don't yes. know, man. I, I get that <laughs> whole thing, but I keep snakes, not bugs. That's <laughs> like, why I'm not, I, I, I I'm know. not trying. It's why, you know, Joe sent me, <laughs> Joe sent me springtails and he goes, this is how you're going to set up the colony. Of course they all died. So it's like, oh, I literally text him. I'm like, I need you to send me isopods. And I need you to send me ones that I don't have to take care of. That all I have to do is throw into the cage and not give a damn about. Oh, and he's like, all right. Lazy, lazy keeper, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's why I'm getting them. Like, I don't want to do it. You can tell me I can get bugs that will do it for me? And you could so do it with something like a short tail that shits like every three months or something. To, <laughs> you no. got to do it with a creepo that shits firmly, like every five minutes. We have firmly established <laughs> how how short tails and I get along in the world, okay? I know. So, maybe if you had the spring tails in there, you'd be all right. You wouldn't and have no, to touch it. No, there'll be an evil creature that I wouldn't want to. <laughs> and now, now, it will do my, it'll do the work for the colubrids. That's what it'll do. It'll be fine. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. right. Fair enough. Hell, we get on this tangent. I don't know. Uh, but you know what grinds my gears? Yeah, I'll just talk about that. <laughs> and this is kind of like, I don't understand why people don't call this out. It drives me crazy. And I see it from well-named people to Snakes nobody's. wearing hats. No, not that. No. <laughs> when you're unboxing something. Why do you do it in your goddamn <laughs> reptile room? <laughs> Biggest pet. Clearly, clearly people don't know how to do quarantine because let me tell you about the people that visit the supermarket, man. Like, holy hell. Like, they don't understand how far six feet is apart. They don't, <laughs> like, there's so many things they don't understand. And, you know, like, <laughs> like when Sony comes in and there's nothing on the shelf, and they're like... Um, do you have any paper towels? No, we keep them all in the back away from you so that you can't get them. 
you know, because that's the, the way that's that business is done nowadays. You know, <laughs> we just want you to think about what you can have. And we're just going to be like, ah, don't you wish you could have the paper towels? Like, really? It's, <laughs> dude, it's like how people text you on your website. Do you have white lips? Do you, did you see them available on the snakes for sale? No, I'm like then no. Like I mean, I'm not hi- <laughs> not hiding them. Like they're well, not we know there. You have those backdoor deals, bro. You know what I mean? Damn right <laughs> I do. And you think I'm gonna you think I'm gonna clue you in on my backdoor deals? You go to hell. No. Um, it's it no. But here's the thing: it's just that you it, quarantine is important. If any, if this is if this whole coronavirus thing has taught you anything, yes. No, know that quarantine is important. Like, don't just buy the animal at the show and bring it home and throw it inside. You know, like my female white lip, my, my gold that I bought a couple months ago, she just broke quarantine, like just did it. She is now downstairs with the rest of them. See, I never used to do that. But, you know, I guess after being with you, Owen, for so long and the zoo guys and whatnot, that's like you got to you. There's you no have to. I mean, you have to. Oh, yeah. That, you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. 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 I mean, I mean you, it's <laughs> mandatory. And trust me, when you see things get through, it makes you really wonder, like. Is that three to six month quarantine even enough? Like I've seen stuff sneak into collections, sit there for like years. And then all of a sudden, boop, that snake has IBD. Like that snake hasn't touched another living thing other than its keepers. How did it get IBD after being in the zoo for the last 10 years? Right. Uh, So, yeah. And like in all honesty, anybody can – make quarantine happen even if you just go get a a walmart you know snap lid tub a little heat pad on like a little 30 dollar thermostat and put a brick on top of it so the animal doesn't get out drill a few holes or poke them you know it it can you know cost you 50 bucks and you can put together a tub and just put it in your living room it doesn't have to be a completely different building but like Mm. if it's in your living room and not in your snake room or if your snakes are in your bedroom and you put that snake you know in another room or you know your kid's room or whatever just something like that and then you just know how to operate you don't service that before you go into your collection or you know yeah Yeah, different day if you got it or do it at the end of the day when you know between afterwards and the next time you see your animals you're going to shower and change so forth and you know there's a lot of different easy things you can do Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like people's like you can you can see the same thing sort of happen with the coronavirus. It's like, you know, they, they, nobody wants to be locked in their home like, you know, and, and at the same time, people like like me, Riley, you're probably the same way. Wouldn't you love to just be at home and be? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like, dude. We'd be doing YouTube videos every day, podcast every other day. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Be, oh, dude, I, 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 websites would be done. You know, I would be learning new songs on the guitar. I mean, there's just tons of shit that I could be doing rather than finding paper towels in the back room, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, yeah. I, 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 you know, and it, it's, I, I guess with the, you know, the, the thing, the thing that bothers me is that, like, you know, it, it, like people just think that, well, that's not going to happen to me. You mm-hmm. know? So, like, I can cut this corner. And, like, I know I've not quarantined animals before. I've done it, you know. I've, I've, and, and every time, every time, it bites me in the ass. Every yeah. time, you know. It's like, oh, damn it. Should've yeah, that, dude, it, it, it happens. And you know what? I actually... Um, I'm liking those. You guys have seen those um, kits that you buy that turn like a 
a bin into like a slide glass front cage. Yeah, I have one. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I love that idea for a quarantine cage because you know what? It can fucking move really easily. Oh yeah, like, yeah. that's a good idea. I mean, so exactly. Nice. I love it. I have and you one. know what? It's super easy. You be Python portal things. Is yeah, I love that two. idea. The Python okay. portal is the double door, so it's a wider one with two sliding glass, and then the Draco portal is the single door, and it has the option to slide either left or right. It's just one pane of glass. Gotcha. It's so easy to do. You tape the dang thing on the side of the tub, you trace it on the inside, you cut it on the inside, you drill a couple holes, you screw it together, you put your glass on, ta-da, you're done. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I love that idea, and I'm, I've seen them with um, heat panel, P panels mounted to the top. Like, yeah. and you know what, in my opinion, that would give you great observation of the animal because quarantine only works if you can really look. And then you know what? You can store it away. You could easily just pick up that whole thing and shove it in a closet someplace until the next animal comes for quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it's big enough. You could probably quarantine a pair of animals together. Like it's if you bought like a pair someplace, it would be fine. Yeah. So that's, a great uh, that's probably what I'm going to end up trying to do is get one of those because you know what? You could even probably you probably even put a small shoebox bin inside it for tiny babies. So like, oh, it's just totally. like you oh, know, yeah. screw that's it. Amazing. It's like, yeah. So um, that's what I'm probably going to end up doing for quarantine. And then because uh, it, it, it is essential right now, I have a 41 quart rack up in my office that I quarantine in. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. It's just that it's hard to do stuff and maneuver and let right now my printers on top of it. So, you know, it just would be much easier to do one of those things, but there are options out there to get that stuff done. And, you know, you, you got to think of it. There's no real good way to keep everything out of your collection. All you're trying to do is mitigate damage. And so you quarantine for 60 days, maybe 90 days. If you really want to be too crazy about it. Um, and then you move the animal downstairs. Are you going to catch everything? Fuck no. But are you going to notice more things doing it this way that could have potentially become a problem? Yes. Yeah. You'll notice mites easily. Yeah. You know, if you quarantine, you're good. Um, yeah, and you can you can look out for irregular like yeah. stools and bowel movements, issues with the shed. Like, yep. if the, and one of the things that people don't understand with quarantine is like part of the idea is like you just said for observation. The best yep. way to observe all the telltale signs of something is going wrong is to keep it as minimalistic and sterile as is possible, possible. without you know sliding the animal. So paper bedding disposable, easily sterile, like if it's an arboreal PVC perch and a water mm-hmm. bowl, like real basic, real minimal. And then that way, if the animal has blood, you'll see it. Or if it's got, you know, a bad poop or, you know, if it's like acting funny or if it's just sitting weird, you're going to see it and you'll yeah. catch that. And then the other idea is if it's sterile, um, you don't have you're basically running off the idea that there are no contaminants in this environment and any issues, parasites, internal or external, would have only originated, right, yeah, they'd only originate from the snake. Um, And so the, like, it's kind of hard with timing with snakes because they don't go to the bathroom every day, but if if you've got a good reptile vet in your area or even a normal vet that can just, you know, you could talk to ahead of time and say, hey, if I call you guys ahead of time to, run a fecal sample for me on my snake that's in quarantine. Like most vets will do that. Yeah. And it's, it's not an expensive procedure. Um, they, you know, you just got to call them ahead of time, see if they even have time or staff to do it. Um, and that way you can just get a, 
an insight into any internal parasites. If there's anything wacky, you're going to see it in their poop. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the snake should realistically eat, shed, and shit all in quarantine before you move it downstairs. Mm-hmm. Just so you can observe all of these things. Right. Yeah. You know? At work, we uh, we have a series. Well, so for snakes, we, we do at least three months. Um, yeah. If they're from a zoo, if they're from a private collection or something that doesn't run the same level of screening, it's usually six months to a year quarantine. Yeah. And then uh, we have to have three... Uh, negative fecal samples um, a couple weeks apart, and uh, the animal just has to behave appropriately and eat and be, you know, consistent and behave normally before vets give the approval to, to move them up to the reptile house. So, so here's a question, Riley, when it comes to that, like, are you guys, like, so if you say you're getting, I don't know, say you get a king cobra, something's going to be a, 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 you know, a, a, an exhibit that's, that's going to attract people, right? Do you guys have that planned out, like that quarantine time in advance? Like, do you know that, like, okay, in 2021, we're going to have a King Cobra exhibit and, you know, we're going to set it up. So we got to get that animal now, quarantine it, make sure it's good so that we can put it into the, you know, the general. Yeah. 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 The animals arrive before the shit's built. That's how um, <laughs> Billy, Billy Sue has a, a just a, a couple years ago. I want to say a couple. It's probably 10-something years ago now. They opened up the a, a bird house, like New Ornithology House. They had all the birds in quarantine before the building was even being built because they had to clear this massive quarantine because it's one of those birdhouses where you walk into a room and there's like – 15 different species of bird all living together in harmonious fashion. And you have to make sure everybody's good with each other and nobody's bringing anything. Otherwise the entire room is dead. So yeah, I remember that. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're spot on that. There's different levels of quarantine for what the plan is. And uh, part of the AZA's accreditation standard is to have um, a lot of protocols, procedures, and like operating guidelines in place specific to your facility and a collection plan is one of those. So zoos don't necessarily just have animals for the sake of having animals now. They tend to uh, are are shifting towards having more of a focus and a direction in their collection um, and and a purpose to every animal that's there uh, if possible. and, and whether that be breeding, a conservation message, education, holding sites to free up space and other facilities that are already breeding, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's all planned out ahead of time. So anytime, so if, yeah, say we were to bring in a king cobra, there would have been a plan, you know, a year, maybe two in advance to okay. go over sources for uh, anti-venom, safe procedures, maybe get some training for the staff members who are going to be taking care of those animals. So that would be like sending them to other zoos to learn specifically. Um, so there's there's costs involved in that. So like if you don't have staff on hand for something uh, that have experience with that, there's other ways to get professional uh, training through other zoos. Just, you know, you just reach out and schedule something basically. Um, so you can do that. So there's continued edu- education. And then depending on the facility, either they their own maintenance staff does it or like if they're city run, the city guys will build it. But, yeah, they, they get their, their sourcing of funding if they need it or they just use an existing building or exhibit and convert it. And then as far as quarantine goes, 
Um, we have, you know, every zoo has like a clinic or a hospital and there's a series of quarantine areas set up in the hospital and depending on the zoo and the facility and the size and what they're capable of, some will have designated quarantine for designated taxa. So we've got, uh, a reptile quarantine room. We've got a hoofstock quarantine room that attaches to outdoor stalls. We've got a primate quarantine room that has indoor outside stalls that we can isolate at different intervals. Um, we've got an aquatics room that has a pool built in, uh, um, bird quarantine, aviaries, indoor and outdoor, chick rearing, hallways, things like that. Um, so, you know, if we do bring animals in, they can go into quarantine and we've already got these predetermined quarantine guidelines that we operate under and we'll fill out like, you know, print out a new quarantine intake form. The zoo will send us, you know, the information from their facility with that animal's ID number uh, within the zoo, basically the nationwide zoological database, its entire health records that come with it, everything that's ever been put into a file about that animal comes with it and gets transferred over into ownership with us. And it's all digitized now um, in Zims, which is fantastic because I can look up any animal in any zoo just by their number or tax or whatever and just look them up and see what's in their history. Hmm. Uh, um, and uh, it's it's a global database now. It's pretty sweet. Um, but, yeah, everything's, you know, pre-planned, predetermined. Nothing is random or spur of the moment um, for the most part. You know, if you've got a bunch of little exhibits and, and you know, you've got some vacancies and an opportunity pops up, then, yeah, you can grab it. But usually that's also done with a little bit of plan. Um, it's not, not just like, hey, can I grab this? Sure, okay. And then you send <laughs> off an email. Like, sometimes it is, but it's usually like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Is this going to fit? Do we have the capabilities for this? Is this, you know, going to add extra work onto your day? Is this reasonable? Like, is this a reasonable decision for our capabilities? So there is some there is some forethought into into some of it. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, I imagine that's. Uh, that I. This is maybe a stupid question, but do you guys currently have to take any special precautions with the primates? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Coronas. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, right. before the lockdown, everybody who worked in the primate buildings had to wear full PPE, and they've oh. been doing that for the last like I want to say since February. They've been doing that, maybe even earlier. Oh. Um, Dude, they, they the normal thing is to wear masks and respirators when working with non-human primates in direct contact. Anyway, yeah. like that's yeah. when not having a pandemic. It's like yeah, um, yeah. And now they have to wear like full Tyvek suits. Oh yeah, uh, that's got to be like BSL level. Yeah, yeah. The the slip-on boots over their yep. shoes, goggles, um, bouffant caps, the the yep. head caps, like literally everything and face masks so there's no, there's none of you exposed and uh and those buildings get warm and when you're spraying and hosing stalls and oh scrubbing god stuff, dude i feel so bad for those primate keepers man dude, like it's, and if they're uh, out, if they're outside taking a breather or they're just kind of like lounging looking at their animals i do not bother them because they deserve it because i do not have to wear that level of protection on a daily basis and they've been doing it for months now so dude, yeah dude. I used to have to do full Tyvek BSL levels uh, when I worked for Penn. Um, and I never got to work with the primates that they had at Penn. I think they were in a different building. Um, but uh, you literally had to do the full Tyvek setup. And it was the ones where 
Um, you didn't have the little cap. It was a hood that went all the way up. So, uh, and you had the mask and the protective eye gear and you had the gloves and you had to tape the gloves to the tie back. Yep. Um, yep. also the same thing with the boot covers. Yep. Um, and I would get done and I would just unzip it and I would have sweat through all the scrubs <laughs> that I was wearing underneath. Yep. Yeah. Those things was, don't breathe oh at God. all. It was one, I want to say it was one winter where I think some part of the lab had lost like, uh, heat and stuff like that. So I'd gotten mm-hmm. done at the animal, which the animal rooms, like there would have to be a nuke to go off to ruin the animal rooms, but where humans were, we don't care. So, um, I would get, I got out of the room and I undid the Tyvek suit. There was steam coming off of my body. (laughs) (laughs) It was like one of those, like where you go outside, like, Oh my God. It was like, Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, But this is the, is the, uh, what would be the word is the transference. I don't even know if that's a word, but is that equally between both species or is one more susceptible than the other? It's like, the, are you protecting yourself from the, from the primate or are you protecting? It, a it's a two way street. It's, it's, it's both. Yeah. It's yeah. two ways, but with the coronavirus being spread by people right now, our biggest concern is transferring anything to them. To them. Yeah. Okay. I, it's yeah. Um, yeah. They're called zoonotic diseases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's something where, Certain ones I give it to Aminal, and then other ones Aminal give it to me. Like um, it's weird because it's like um, <laughs> I'm sitting there saying, like, is, does he know it's called animal? Like, I'm doing that like? on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, He's practicing for his new pet tuber YouTube channel. Exactly. It's where it's don't be stupid, protect Aminal. Um, it's um, I it I want to say, is it tuberculosis that the monkey the non-human yeah. primates can give tuberculosis to us? And then we can give TB to elephants. Like it's like one of those things, right? Oh my god! Yeah, is that yeah, is that yeah. it, Riley? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like some things we can get it from the animals, and then we can transfer it to other animals that, like, because you got to think about it. A lot of times in a zoo setting, the the vector that can transfer between the animals is us. Like right. you know, I hate to break yeah. it to you, but. The numerous times you might have gotten mites in your collection is because they were on you, and then you went and touched your animals. Like that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So, so I have I have two stories. One that'll go to that, but yeah, like we can pass a lot on, and so we yeah work we. Uh, I make sure I don't ever like wear my uniform into my collection here at home, and then go into the reptile house at work, and, and like I don't bring it in afterwards, and. Sure. You know, we we do a lot of different precautions like that to make sure things don't happen um, yeah. because they can happen. You can transfer something. But, um, yeah, TB is highly transferable between humans and primates. Um, and, uh, yeah, this coronavirus, considering how it can mutate from animals to people already, there's no reason why, you know, we couldn't possibly give it to them. I mean, you saw it in the news, the tigers and a couple lions at Bronx who came up positive. You know, right. fortunately, they're they're going to. It seems like do just fine and recover. Yeah. But um, that's a very real a very real thing. You know, we can transfer stuff to our animals at work. So um, we use uh, like foot baths when we go in and out of areas with uh, Vercon disinfectant. Yep. Um, so like our the, the soles of our shoes aren't tracking anything into various areas, uh, masks and gloves, things like that, um, just regularly. Mm-hmm. But um, Speaking of mite transfer, uh, no. <laughs> I, so 
One time I got mites because a friend was moving to Florida and he was going through his reptile room in the warehouse and cleaning stuff out, throwing stuff away, packing stuff up. And he had a couple boxes of some like 32 quart Sterilite tubs that he never used. They were still in the new boxes, but the boxes had been, you know, kind of beat up and the cardboard was all over the place and, you know, it just been stored in this room. Right. And he, and he gave them to me. They're in perfect condition. So I was like, yeah, I'll just disinfect them, take them home, you know, whatever. And so I brought them into the snake room, just the boxes, the, the Sterilite tubs in those cardboard boxes, threw them in the closet and three days later, the rack at very next, uh, like right next to that closet, whole thing infested with mites. I didn't uh, even bring an animal home from him. I didn't even uh, touch any of the snakes that cardboard. day. Oh, yeah. God. And, wow. and the second half of that story is cardboard is corrugated. There's little channels in there. Every time oh, we get God. <laughs> every time we get pinhead crickets in at work, I'll empty the little box out with the couple thousand pinheads into the bin and then I cut the box completely open and I put it inside of a Rubbermaid tub and I beat the crap out of it and a couple hundred more fall out and then I'll do that over the course of a few more days and pinheads keep coming out so oh <laughs> yeah right. now now think now think about mites getting into a box no you know they no live for you know several weeks if they jump off your animal in search of a new host they're going to wander and come in contact with inanimate objects. And if they happen to take a siesta on a cardboard box and you move it elsewhere to a buddy's house, you just gave them mites. So, well, like, I, inanimate objects can do that. We're going back to Eric's thing of why are you opening, why are you doing an unboxing video in your snake room? The cardboard can't even be trusted now. That's right. It's, oh, God. So even if come you got an sir. animal and it didn't uh, have mites on the animal, yeah, so let's say box. that you kept the box in your yep. reptile room or whatever. And yeah. God only chance. knows, what if that's a used box? Like, for all you know, yeah. you know, he doesn't know, but the box is dirty. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I know, and, I mean, there is a Every reasonable life. reptile keeper's like, I'm nah. burning all my yeah. cardboard. <laughs> well, and so then the second thing that makes me think about, like, all this coronavirus and quarantine and stuff <laughs> Is like, uh, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> back in Santa Barbara, when I was at the zoo down there, we had gotten in some new leaf tail geckos, uh, and uh, part of you know quarantine and uh, screening and everything is uh, all the testing on the the facilities and before they send them. So we don't take the animals in until they've passed a bunch of tests on our vets and like they send them pre-ship requests is what they right, call yeah. them. The, the okay. physical and stuff like that before the animals. Yep. Send. Yep. We yeah. want blood. We want weight. We want physical full exam. We want all these various tests and depending and on the they'll species. They'll do it again. They'll do it again the second the animal arrives, yep. <laughs> but, but they're yep. going to want them beforehand. Yeah. Yep. So we got these geckos in, they gave us two negative tests for crypto at the facility. And uh, we are getting close to a weather deadline that would make it so we wouldn't be able to get the geckos in until like four months later after the winter, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so two negative tests, we felt like, yeah, okay, that's good. We'll bring them in. They're still going to go through quarantine, so that's fine. Um, we'll just get them in and, and it, you know, we'll keep testing and we'll handle it. And so they came in and they came up negative in quarantine. So we're like, sweet. So they did their full quarantine. We put them into um, 
into their exhibit, which had like concrete rock work and bark and tree branches. And I could stand in this whole thing. Like it was a big six foot tall by, you know, four foot wide, three feet deep sort of thing. And it was all made of organic materials, wooden frame, glass, like rock, bark, wood stuff, all this stuff that like you theoretically cannot truly 100% disinfect like a plastic hard non-porous surface. Right. Right. So all of this stuff was, you know, fresh, it was good, it was new, and the geckos were clean. And because we do uh, regular cycled fecal check uh, on the animals in the collection year-round, always just double-checking, keeping sure their parasite loads are in balance, because of that species, we we were on high alert for crypto because that's just a thing with that species of, of hankali. And uh, after we had put them into the exhibit, they came back and we got a positive result. Oh, and so, yeah, and it was in a building with a lot of other, like uh, we had some Aussie frills and Eastern Diamondback. Our monkey tail skink family group was in there, false water oh, cobra, God. a few other things. And so uh, we had to move the geckos back to quarantine. And you can't always get rid of that stuff. So we had to throw away all the bark bedding branches. Yep. We had our facility facilities guys take apart the wooden frame on top, what was accessible, throw that away, build a new one. And then um, my curator and one of my coworkers at the time, they had to get jugs of ammonia, mm -hmm. pour it all over the inside of the exhibit. And while they're doing this, they're fully Tyvek respirators, like goggles, the whole nine, because that's super gnarly, toxic stuff. It is. It sucks blast the entire exhibit all over head to toe every nook and cranny and they did it twice they had to have exhaust fans running for two days to keep the smell out of the building we had to move all of these animals out of the building mind you because it was so gnarly uh including the eastern diamondback including these angry monkey tails and frills and all this stuff and then after they did two of those rounds of ammonia treatment, then they got the pressure wash in at 160 degrees and pressure wash what they could. And after all of that, the best that we were promised was that that would probably do like a 95, 96% job of like for sure getting it all because the concrete still had little nooks and crannies. And all it takes is one little spore of something to have right. just gotten away or gotten into a crack where none of the heat and water and disinfectants got to and all of a sudden it just comes back when it's ready so fortunately it didn't but like it's it scared the crap out of me and ever since like learning about that stuff i don't mess around with like going to and from work and my collection wearing the same clothes without a shower in between mm -hmm. yeah that's smart i know this is going to sound like a weird question but like when something like that happens right is there like somebody that directs you guys to kind of like do that? Does he, does, does, does each person sort of already have a job that they like, you know, is there a guy that comes along and says, Oh, you know, we're going to rip this off and build a new top. And then somebody comes and builds the top. Or is it just like you walk in and you're like, Oh, this is fucked. So now I got to redo all this shit. And it's just that one person that's the keeper, so to speak. Well, because we're a smaller facility, a lot of us are involved in all those things. So, like, if it's something that needs to be constructed and it's a, a little thing like that, like if it's just a little box or whatever, I can make it or I can get help from our facilities guys if they have the time. Right now, with everybody being, like, furloughed and laid off, it's not really feasible. So all those extra projects, like, it's got to be really necessary. 
scary. But um, right. yeah, I mean, we try to do what we can, so we're not putting as much projects and things on other people's radar. But um, as far as the decision making goes, if something's wrong, we're the first line to see it. The keepers, I'll run it up the flagpole to my my supervisor and be like, "Hey, look, X Y Z's damaged, or we need to do this." She'll evaluate it, look at it, and say, "Yes, I agree," or "We should try this," or "Let's do this." And if it needs more deliberation, then more heads will get involved. But, but because we're sort of a small operation, we, we kind of have, um, within reason, uh, make those judgment calls ourselves. But certain zoos that are bigger in union, they might be able to say, hey, something's wrong, tell somebody, and then somebody else comes in and does it because that's their job and, like, you're not allowed to. Like San Diego Zoo is union, so they have, they have teams that are strictly exhibit maintenance and design. They have teams that are training and enrichment like that's their job so you don't do that as a keeper there but here we do everything we literally right. do everything right so you know and that's the thing is they can also um there's also the ssps and other things like that of what you would do in certain situations like they knew that this was a test positive for crypto and what they would do is find what kills crypto on the surface of a you know uh uh like on the surface of a, an object or something like that. That's why you have to use something like the ammonium or might, they might even tell you to use something else because it does a better yeah. job of killing this thing, this bacteria, because that's the whole point is that's why they bombed that entire enclosure was kill it, kill it dead, bring everything else, break everything else that can be broken off and burn it, like get rid of it. Like that's how they, yeah. that's how they got, it's got to do. And you got to think about it. That's the standpoint that people take in zoo settings with these animals where how many people in the reptile hobby have an animal that dies. They don't know why. They don't do a necropsy. They go get a new animal and they stick it in the same cage with the same furniture and the same bark and the same everything else as the last animal was in. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't know any of that stuff before I started working in zoos either. So, yeah. like, I, I think it's just plain ignorance. And being ignorant is not a bad thing. It, it, it is. But it does sound like there's a negative connotation. But, but like, yeah, today's day and age with the Internet in your pocket and your thumb and everything, like, you you should be able to figure this out. And we've been beating this dead horse for a long time now. We too, have. So. It's, it's, the, it's the extra step that you need to take. It's the it's the keeping the $5,000 snake in the 41-quart in the bin underneath your bed with heat tape wrapped around it attached to a dimmer switch. Take the extra step. Get the enclosure and then take the extra step and make sure you're cleaning the enclosure with the appropriate material. And if an animal dies, yes, it really sucks every time I have to throw away all the cork bark and shit. That's why I don't have it in that many cages. But um, a lot of my hides are plastic bins that you get at like in packs of like 12 at yeah. Walmart because – I have no problem throwing them into the recycling container. I don't care. So it's, you know, I don't understand know if the that. snake cares either. It know? doesn't. <laughs> nope. Are you kidding me? I gave my, the, the one thing I love about the, the, um, the brown paper that I use for liners is when you're done, they give you this giant thick cardboard tube yeah. that uh, is left. And I put that in with my Chinese king rats, and they live in those tubes. They love those yep. tubes. Yep. So I gave them to my, I gave them to the blue beauties, and I saw two adult blue beauties cram themselves into the tube today. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, right. you guys are happy. So I'm like, every time I get one of these tubes now, I'm just gonna pick a different cage to chuck it into. And you know what? If it becomes shitty, moldy, wet, 
I'm going to throw it away and I'm not going to care. It's yeah. like, yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a whole bin of them in my closet of uh, paper towel rolls. When they go empty, I save all of them. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So there are ways to do this. Snake hide ever. Yeah. 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 And them in there, it's, it goes as long as the, the, you know, if you, especially <laughs> if you're keeping babies, it goes the entire length of the tub. Right, yeah. and you just pick so you the, get the, they pick get the, the thermo gradient, thermo gradient yeah. right in there, and you yeah. know, they can go back and forth, and they're hide, and they're hidden. You don't have to you, touch them, stress you them can out. Get, you can get creative with it, cut little holes in them and stuff. You can do all <laughs> sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah and true. like, yeah, exactly, dude. It's crazy how easy it is to to enrich an animal, but reptiles are probably the hardest group to do it but right. if you think if you think outside the box you can do it like you know snakes are keen on scent and texture so play off those senses so like yeah it's it, we're talking about quarantine and not cross-contaminating but you could take something from another animal's enclosure that has a scent if you know that animal is safe and clean and that's stimulating or you could do something that they've never seen a new water bowl a new hide uh, a different type of hide move it on the other side of the cage like there's all sorts of things you can do with tortoises it's rather easy Put a pile of dirt in their yard and watch them lose their minds for a <laughs> as they flatten it down to where it was supposed to be. Oh yeah, they don't like that. Um, uh, what was it? I think. Um, do you ever see them, Riley, when they gave a boomer ball to a crocodile? Oh yeah, it's the best. It's hilarious, dude. Uh, if I put the this green bucket down in our sulcata yard, our smallest sulcata, she's like forty five pounds, this twenty two year old female. She will instantly leave what she's doing to come over and ram and headbutt and smash that <laughs> bucket it. and push it around the yard until it's out of her sight. <laughs> Damn, it's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. No, that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, um, if we're gonna let's let's end on a on a on a good note rather than on the doom and gloom of uh, you know quarantine and coronavirus and we're all gonna die. Bad market. How cardboard all. now contains mites. It's like yeah, this is a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna drive all of the I, we're, people all outside the, of their home, outside of quarantine. All and those like, numbers. No! Yeah, <laughs> those numbers that we've been getting, it's Tuesday just gonna night, crash. Just it's gonna it's hear all these bad. screams around the world. <laughs> Everyone's uh, gonna start keeping their snakes on just the bear tub with no bedding whatsoever. Uh, we didn't say do that. <laughs> <laughs> all we want is for you to stop doing unboxing videos in full view of all your other animals. Yes, and please, go man. Touch them. Please, 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 please. You know, yeah, we know you're excited. It just, but... it just goes to show me the. The, the level of, well, you know, Riley, you'll understand this. The level of nonsense that happens on YouTube, right? Oh, you know, yes. I post oh, up, yes. but uh, remember when I put the Tatum Bar Owen and I said that somebody was telling me it was an olive python? And I'm I like, hate people. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> disable I, comments. Like, I'm done. Like, you, and I'm like, is this person trolling me? Like, I don't, I, I'm just like, nah, I can't. And then, meanwhile, the knucklehead that's, like, rehabbing the animals and selling them off again, like, okay, he gets a pass, you know, because he's on YouTube. <laughs> and then yep. the, the many, many people that I see just unboxing shit in their room, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, they get a pass. No big deal. But then, yeah. God forbid, you don't do 15 Nido tests on your fucking baby carpet. You know what I mean? It's just like, um, uh, yeah. you know, oh, man, it's crazy. But yeah. anyway. 
We're supposed to be a good note, Owen. What the hell? You said I don't know. Was... Just I'm yeah. sorry. We have... we have time for more notes. I mean, well... you can keep going. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I. I... <laughs> happy note. End it on a happy. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So I was going to say, is there something that you guys are either looking forward to seeing hatch out? If you have the opportunity, maybe, you know, picking it up this year. Mm. Riley, go first. Damn. Uh, Like the top of your list. Like this is the season I'm getting X. I think it's, I think it's Inlands for me this year. Inlands. Oh, damn. I was not expecting that. About time more people getting on the Inland train. I like it. Yeah. I said I was going to do it last year and the opportunity and timing didn't line up. And, uh, I just wasn't able to make it happen last year, and then I got and then I got a, a Napadora, so that didn't help. So. That distracted you, yeah. I veered off track for a second, but uh, okay. still understand. But we're back, yeah, we're back. So, but yeah, inlands. I I need to I need to do that. Those things are insane. Yeah, man, very very underrated carpet, that's for sure. Yep. What about you, Owen? What is it? Um. Pineapple retic? No. <laughs> Mochaccino, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, so well, I got good taste, man. Those things are hot. Goddamn right I do. Um, but oh, it's going to get a pied berm. Ugh, I don't have the $25,000. Hold on. Hold yep. the phone. I Holding. saw a rumor yep. that they found the pied Darwin. What? What? Yeah. And you're telling me this now at the, the end, end of the, the episode? Correct. Go. Fuck is up with you? Right. So if you've made it this far, you're a diehard. <laughs> Damn, you're in the know. What do you think? Hold on. You made it through the Before doom and gloom. Derail, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, did, why does good Darwin the have end, all man. the good shit? Like, I mean, they got the albino, they got the melanistic, they got the hypo, and now they're gonna get the pied, all in an animal that is from Australia that I probably can't breed because it's too close to the ones that live off the continent. <laughs> God damn it. Karma's a bitch, and bro. I can't get you know what? I'm going to get the, fr- the the freaking pie Darwins are going to be here in two years. Yet I can't get an albino coastal to save my life. Right. I even offered to frame you for murder this week <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the chat for some albino coastals. What do you think that a pied carpet would do to the, to the, to the carpet python market? Do you think, I think it there- would have the effect that m- most times that pieds do? I think there would be a spike. I mean, I mean, I think there would be a spike because the pieds would come in, and then you would see the spike because people are going to want to get the pieds, and then you're going to see people wanting to do things like mix the pied into all the other morphs. But they're not really going to be insane iterations of the morph. Like the people who spend the money to get the pieds aren't going to give a shit what they're crossing it to. So you know, first you'll get the First thing that'll happen will be the pied albinos. That'll happen, and that's still pure Darwin and stuff like that. And you know what? Because this is originating in Australia, it's going to happen anyway. But um, you know, it, let's say if magic. Just heard a rumor, man. I don't even know if it's. All right, true. No, no, I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying. <laughs> let's say it magically appears in the U.S. They're going to want to just breed it to everything, so they're going to just grab a jag and breed it 
to make the pie jags. It's not going to be. No, man, I think we, I think we hit a good. Sw- we're in a good balance in the carpet market right now, right? It used right. to be that, like, for a while, it was more of the the morph game, and like nobody gave a shit about the the just the normal right. subspecies stuff. And now it seems like we're at that perfect balance where, you know, that nobody's unless I'm missing the mark or not in a group that. No, you know, this, this when was the last time in, we but, had a base morph project come out of the blue? Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the idea that, like, you don't see the fighting anymore between the two groups. I'm saying it would start up again, like, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. saying that would be yeah. that would be day one that shit would start again. I, you would be- see you would see the same chase for the morph, the, right. you know, the, the race you had, to the bottom, yep. and then the disregard for lineage and locality, and then people would get sick of it in a few years, and people would be tired of getting angry at everyone, and then the, then it would come back. The pendulum would swing right back to, to yep. you know, going back towards localities because people would get bored, and then it's, it's a pendulum. But, yeah, I think initially you'd see more people come into the market, so you'd see a lot more buyers and then people breeding, and then very quickly you'd see a lot of people getting frustrated at the lack of understanding of localities and subspecies. They, yeah. They're not all the same. And yeah. then and then you'd see the divide, and then you'd see some of the base morphs and the older things lose their value, and the new stuff become the more sought-after stuff, as well as combos with, you know, pied and whatnot. So then it would become a race to make the next best thing, and everything else would just lower in value, lower in value, lower in value, and you'd lose the, the bottom end, and it would just right. ruin it. I think it would just dilute it, and you'd you'd see a lot of the people who do it because they've kept them for 30, 40 years and they love what a wild type Darwin looks like. I think it would kill it for those types of people. And you'd see a lot of the history getting lost. And I think it would do more damage than good. I mean, that's just how I think it would, like it happens with every morph. We, the first initial shock was the Jag, but, and then we kind of had the same thing happen with the zebra, but not to the extent of the Jag. So I don't think it would be as bad as it has been in the past, well, you but it would sure. the hypo. I don't think so because like hypo is in a coastal and we haven't really had too much of a thing. Plus, I mean, what are you really going to mix it to? The problem with the hypo, uh, you can't, it, it, it doesn't give enough of a change of the animal. You know? It's not dramatic. Exactly. It's, it's not a jag. It's not I like a. I'm not. I don't hypo. believe this. I don't believe it. I'm just telling you what other people think. I yeah. love hypos. You know I do. Yeah. But. It's, I think they're dramatic, but it's yeah. a dramatic change. I mean, the the first initial thing with the jag is that you took these darker, you know, multi, heavy patterned animals and then turned them into these reduced patterned yellow things, you know, it, and it's like that. Um, just like how the major draw for the zebra was to eventually get to the super, where I think that got killed is that people don't like it when they have messed up tails. Yeah. Um, so I I I don't see it with the hypo. Because I think in a couple of years when the hypo gets more refined and there are more people working with it and we start seeing like the same hypos they have in Australia, that's when hypo is going to hit its stride yeah. and people are going to be really interested in it. Um, same thing kind of happened with super caramel. Nobody really cared too much about caramel until really good looking super caramel started getting produced. And that's when people started paying attention. Yeah. So with the hypo, when we start getting more super hypos, there's that. Now, pied in its own right. Because you can link it to pied ball pythons, pied retics, pied berms. It's dramatic. It's a thing. It's the, this animal's pattern stops and becomes white. It's like, that's, 
Dude, it I would be pretty badass to have a pied carpet, though. Come on. Um, I would love it if they had kind of like that, you know, some retics have like that split face where it's like white on one side and then padded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Like even my male, uh, my male uh, pied retic, he's got a white bottom jaw and it kind of creeps up a little bit onto his head and it's just so badass. So, yeah, I would be in line. Like that would be one of those things of like this, like why I have the albino Darwin because I feel. I should own an albino carpet python. It's like I would end up getting a pied Darwin to just stare at me like the albino Darwin does and never breathe. <laughs> and that wouldn't hurt me at all. Well, but, you, you know, get the hypo and the pied and the albino and you could make a dreamsicle carpet python. I went off this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I wasn't sure if you would catch there. that one. Then, no. Let me let me put some let me put some I was like, oh. Let me, some, let me sure. put some, you know, let me breed it to a granite and I'll have a orange dreamsicle granite. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my God. Too far, yeah. bro. Too, too far. far. Too <laughs> far. <laughs> all right. So horrible. what are you hoping to see this year? Um, Dude, I don't know. Because it's like at, I'm looking down at my projects. There's only one animal I need, but I don't want to spend the two grand to get it. So, two you know, that's blackface white lip. Oh. Yeah. Like, I need a female. Like, I'm sitting here with this male, and he's like, doo, 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 doo. I'm like, yeah, I know. So, um, Dan had some babies on the table in January in Anaheim for like 1250 Yeah, for 1250 and he sold out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're all going to be on Instagram in the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> in someone else's hands. Someone else's yeah. hands. Like, I only have one. It's like, <laughs> Like I know it's. And you don't like, even have a girl, so it's not even. I like don't. I don't even uh, have a you know, girl. I just. Have, uh, what do you call it? She couldn't even be patho. Partho. Par- partho. <laughs> partho be babies. Yeah. I think it's the only way I'm gonna get like the team wars to breed if the female just decides to clone herself. But you know, it's. <laughs> I, 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 I would think like. It's just time, man. I think it's. I know. Time. I know. I know. We've had this conversation a million times, but. Oh, yeah. Um. I don't know. I'd like to add the blackface white lip to complete that whole thing. Um, as far as like other stuff, like I, I'm not really looking. I mean, there's really not anything I want to like add. There's not like a python I'm chasing down. Um, as far as carpets go, yes, there is. Come on, think harder. I'm not. No. Stick to the <laughs> like, side. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from the blackface white lip, I don't want to add any more there's python. One more. I don't know what you're talking a about. Breeder down in Florida <laughs> has some. Uh, well, I mean, he's got a. I mean, <laughs> I, there's different. No, those. No, there's a different list we're talking about here. I mean, you said add it this year. There's no way KJ's gonna let me take any of them right now. <laughs> you um, never know, man. Also, the price tag on them would be ridiculous. So you know, no. Would it? Eventually, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what would you? What do you sell a Dunai for? I don't think Do you anybody's know? going to care. No <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to care. I, I, you see, those are the kind of projects where I'm like, I can't spend 20 grand. Hey, Eric, you know what's be really cool? Don't I? Grand. I don't know. <laughs> I just threw a number out there. Come on, man. Not 20 grand. Let's say five. I think that's even too high. I don't know. Somebody bought 2.2 Darwins for five grand and you think that was too crazy. <laughs> that was my younger days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I didn't have a girlfriend, a wife, a house, <laughs> food. 
<laughs> wearing the same pair of jeans for yeah. for a month straight. It's like, dude, whoa, man, dude. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? You know? Trust me, it's like ramen I, and spaghetti, bro. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but you know, I, I would love to add those, but being with my luck with other lias, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want them to be more established before I touch them. Like I don't trust fair myself. Enough. It need to be better. Uh, um, fair enough. I would you love to breed that. one of the liasses before you add that one. Hey, hey, hey! I might get one this year. I know. I'm just saying. You, yeah, you, um, once you breed one successfully, you feel like okay. I the one shit. The one shit we didn't find in Australia. It's like, um, but yeah, no, dude, don't I? No, I so wanted you to find that. Ah, we so good. Um, and then return uh, that year and then bred them. Look, I told you. Oh, dude, if you produce uh, them. See, now I'm kind of glad we did. No, uh, like, you know, it was like a crystal ball, man. I told you yeah. we were going to find Owen Pelly. Nobody believed me. Sure enough. Now I, we've created a whole trend of all Americans going to Australia, finds an Owen Pelly. It's like Oprah Winfrey's over there hiding in the bush in Darwin saying, you get an Owen Pelly and you get an Owen Pelly. Oh, uh, wait, you're from Australia. You don't get it. You don't get it. You, you get an Owen Pelly. <laughs> you think there's some Australian herpers that are just really, really mad at us because that happened? Oh, yeah. Or He's good. All their anyway. life looking for this <laughs> shit, man. And we're just like, oh, look, there's one. Good, good, good. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite like that. We put a lot no. of work into that. Yes. By, by we, they mean Rob and Eric. I did nothing. I was just there. No, we worked um, as a team that night, man. That's how we found that snake. But, uh, no, I would love to add Dunai. I would love to finish the Black Bay's White Lip Project. I would love to add Owen Pelly Python. Let's just keep adding shit. Um, as far as, like... Uh, other projects I do, I am kind of on the lookout for maybe some smaller colubrid species. Like I did add the Eastern black King snakes this year okay. because I like them and okay. I don't care what anybody else says. Right. Um, and they're a funky looking Cali King. And like I told you, like I'm looking at my corn snakes and they're small. They take up like one forty one core bin. Cause I keep them all together. But it's like I would like something in those bins that is interesting and cool and that I like. So, um, taking a shot at Joe again. Damn. I'm just gonna keep, <laughs> gonna keep, keep listen, yeah. listen. Crystal Pepsi knows where it's at. Okay. Oh, so, um, burn. Keep, <laughs> just I, um, but it's just like one of those things where I, I, we've talked about this numerous times where the, the collection should be geared towards what you want to do and what you want to work with. And there are some animals here that I have been working with because I know I can take their babies and sell them at a show for rodent money. And I know they're popular, but they don't really appeal to me too much. And I kind of want to get away from that. So I think the only remaining holdouts are the corn snakes, but you know, I, they, they're still here because I'm still working with them, but I do want to keep adding some stuff and I do want to keep moving things along. Like uh, I didn't realize, but I have to move, my Chinese king rats into bigger cages because they are, they growing like weeds. I mean, they are huge. Um, and that opens up these two other cages for potentially some other form of like Asian rat snake or this, that, the other thing. So there are some other things that I do want to add. I just don't know what they are right now because I don't really want to add any more pythons. As far as carpets, I have a killer red project that I'm building that I didn't know I was building until last year sometime oh, uh, I got the goods for you oh I know <laughs> so it's like because I got the I got the pair that I have here I have some uh red exanic jags coming from KJ 
I have the reds coming from you. So all of a sudden I got this red thing that I'm just cooking up with. Um, I had to revamp a couple things because I found out that all my tigers are males um, with the exception of maybe like two. <laughs> like, oh, it's, I'm like, oh, okay. So, but that opens up a really cool breeding project for next year where I can breed really cool. I thought I had two really great looking tiger females. Turns out I have a great looking tiger pair. So, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, other stuff, dude, I just want to see some things kind of build up, you know, um, as far as coastals, if you told me you got a clutch of rock Hamptons this year, I'd add those. You didn't. Um, I didn't. I lost a female. I had to get another. Oh, oh damn it. Uh, I lost do- her a while back. Though. Okay. She had some kind of. That's the thing, right? Uh, no, nah, she had some kind of like, I don't know. She had something that was on like, like I guess it maybe enlarged heart. So you know how, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for you to produce the rock Hamptons. The Port Douglas. Uh, no, wait. I already got the Brisbane's. What else do I need for Coastal? What about Cape York's? Thank you, Cape York. So, and I know you have them all. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. Yeah, I do. And that'll be people like people keep asking me when are, when are you going to start like ditching shit? I'm like, when I start getting the coastal localities like growing up. So I'm going to get these babies. And I'm going to start raising them up. And when they start needing cages, that's when it'll be like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, IJs. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's when it'll be like, get the hell out of here. So um, that's what I'll do. And I'm really going to start turning the ship towards that direction of focusing just primarily on coastal projects. That's what I'm good at. And, you know, go from there. But that's also what you love. It is. I mean, you but it's also products. the only it's the only carpet python I can breed unless I run into a jungle pair every once in a while. It's like, <laughs> 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 um, I will stick with the what bread is it? I, what, Why? Why do you think you have difficulty with that? I, I, it's, I have difficulty with just the IJs. And then I have not. I, I think I have. I would love I to know, figure I that know. out. I don't Me, know. Don't care. I well, it's don't also, care, but it's like I also it's like, shoot I myself to... in the foot. I also I shoot myself in the foot because I only have, I only have one. Like I had one. Well, you need two, bro. No, Shut, no that's not that point. No, not that. <laughs> one pair. Step not that. one. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's my problem. No, it's. Hey, I only man, had you one stuck pair. Your foot in your mouth on I that did. one. It's a horrible thing. He's been banking on. He's been banking on that part, though. I have um, been. It's just the way. It eventually it'll happen. But you got a mail. Yeah, I had. No, you can't, go in, you can't go in there. Uh, I had, I had one pair, and it was a really, really, really older male that had yeah. been through several collections before he got to me. Right. And then he eventually passed. And then the female went to Balin, where a different male has just been like, and they've been breeding like clockwork. We're gonna do um, an experiment. No, I'm gonna give you. No, I don't want it. Don't give it to me. No, I'm gonna give no. it to me. I refuse. You're gonna get them. No, you're gonna raise them up. <laughs> No. And you are for once and all gonna put to rest yeah, I don't, no, I don't this care. nasty <laughs> rumor that you can't breed IJs. I'm gonna the get you over the hump, my friend. I don't know. <laughs> and you're gonna maternally incubate them. Yes. Yes. What's gonna happen? Never. Yes. <laughs> you're gonna give in to the power. If KJ, I'm... if you're listening, Owen does no, not get it... done eye. Unless no. <laughs> yes. he breeds IJs no. No, no, and no, no, maternally no, 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 no. incubates the clutch. Otherwise, 
KJ and I have an understanding because if I hit Timor, he's my first call. So you can't get to him. <laughs> so Dude, don't even try. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't mean to punch you when you're down, but how are you going to produce Timors if you can't produce IJs? I'm going to try. <laughs> how the hell did I produce olives? I did the same thing. I'm just Boston ball. So it, I know, but <laughs> if Eric, I want, I'll, I'll send him the egg box that uh, my jump. MI'd in just to really hammer the point home. That it will sit in the closet. So it's, I mean, if I was, like, I was thinking about raising up the granites that Jason produced, but I don't. Wait, okay. Yeah. Here's here's a here's a project for you. So Good. you have you have a, a visual granite? No, I don't. You have a heck granite? No, I don't. Oh. But Balin keeps producing them and then give, giving me. Them. Oh, what do you do? So, just, you sell them? Yeah, I, just, I oh, sold okay. them. I, I thought about keeping one back, but like she's an original het granite and he is like an original granite. Like there's not a lot of mixing going on there. Um, well, I did an outcross pairing this year. Yes. Old cabana to granite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, outcross line. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not. A, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> I was going to say you're not an IJ guy. I didn't know you I'm knew not. what Bo Cabana was. Okay. I do know anyway. what Bo Cabana I sat here when we did the Bo Cabana interview. I That's know true. what we're talking about. That's true. Sorry. My fault. My fault. Just because I don't care doesn't mean it's not that I don't know. Well, I could give you a, a yeah. one of those. Yeah. You could raise them up and then okay. produce some outcross granites. You could check it off the list. Be done. <laughs> Nobody could ever bust your balls again. <laughs> Nobody could ever say shit. They You'd still like, will. They still will. No, they bred, won't. You brought I bred the IJs, and I'm eternally incubated them. You don't have and to bre- you Immediately don't have to... the next year, just sold them. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I, you know, no, I, in yep. all seriousness, it just, if it, it, I'm curious. I don't know. I guess it's just that curiosity that goes I in the brain. I'm just curious of why, like, why it doesn't work in your room. Why can you I do just, coastals I, and again, they don't go? The one year that I got locks from my IJs, remember she got out and actually got out of my room. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, and then that year bombed. And then I moved okay. the following year. It's like the, the, the I, 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 I joke about it, but like every year something can happen. Like it was like, Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. I, gotcha. I mean, again, I also, I also only had one pair. I mean, how many times have you had a pair that just doesn't breed? <laughs> For that year. Exanic. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, and then sometimes you just hit it. So like, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't have another younger male to plug in there to try to breed to this female. I just Mm -hmm. had the one boy and he just wasn't doing it. And then sending her off the bail and they've been breeding like clockwork and it just seems to be working. So that's why how like, I keep thinking about my Darwin is, you know, my male is a mouser. He only eats mice. He's smaller than the female because he only eats mice. And this was his first year breeding, so I'm really not that upset that he didn't produce. But I'm going to try to push him this year. But how do you push a mouser without making it fat? Like it's Eat it birds. I guess. He didn't like birds. He's weird. No? Really? Dude, he's, he's an inbred albino. He doesn't know which way is up. Uh, like yeah. it's... So try, we'll see. Try quail, chicks, all that stuff. All I'll try chicks. I'll try chicks. He likes mice. Like I finally got him on mice, and I get him the uh, retired breeders. So I get him like I'm, I get him a mouse the size of like a weanling rat. Like that's what he eats. So he shouldn't need to get pushed, but he also doesn't have that like mature head. Um, so he's. Uh, yeah. I just don't think he's there. So 
this was a this was the rolling of the dice this year. So I'm really not that upset that he didn't breed. So I would like to get him ready to go and try to get him next year, which that happens. Like the first year I tried the uh, head exanic to the super caramel. They didn't do shit. They stared at each other. The next year, eggs. The year after that, eggs. So yeah, sometimes hmm. it just yeah. like that. Yeah. So no, well, but if you want quite an extensive you list send there. me. If you want to send me IJs to watch them just wallow over here and never breed, sure. It's like, you know. Dude, I want to send you the nicest IJs there are so all the other IJ people are like, why be so mad? did you send that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to do that. It's like, no. <laughs> You'll be taking pictures like, I hate this. I hate Click, this thing. And they'll be like, oh. And then they're these fugly assholes, and it's just like pictures of them. Right. Yeah. Send them a something screaming red and yellow. Yeah. Lose his mind. Yeah. I think Darwin's are the tricky one for sure. I, I don't know I, why. I, I haven't had success with them yet. Seems I, like diamonds are freaking easy, man. I don't I have eggs yet. Diamonds, so I'm probably talking before the egg, you know, the counting the chicken. Diamonds are easy because we now figured out how we should have been keeping diamonds this whole time. It's like. Yeah, they're just different. It's just weird. Yeah. It's different. You know? It's like, you know, dude, I, I for some reason, um, am hit or miss on bread lie. It's either both females are laying eggs or nobody's laying eggs. Like, it's just the way it happens. And to be honest, I, think I just didn't get cold enough, right? I just don't think it, I, I don't think I got them cold enough, but I dropped them down as low as I did the olives and the Timors. Like, I dropped, I bombed them down pretty far. 50? Um, uh, yeah, I want to say they got the 50. So, okay. yeah, because that's why I took the olives down too. Um, and you know, I keep talking like the team wars aren't sitting in the same bin together, constantly hiding. So the hell if I know what's going on with them. So um, they're just see. I I think the thing with them is just time, man. It is. I know it is. It's just like time and just but being I, consistent I got time. with your routine. You know, I got time, and then and then we're gonna. I think it was. I think I got the temperature dialed in because we got the action from the olives. So I think they're going to be in the same house as those things. I think the same thing is going to go with the white lips is that they need to be dropped down lower for seasonal changes. So um, that's just what I'm going to do. Um, and we'll see where it goes. But I'm going to be consistent every year with it. And then eventually I'll get them. I think if I was doing white lips, I would try to breed them when you knew that we were going to get a lot of like weather coming through like yeah. rain or whatever like i know we sort of like go to that cold time but i really maybe like try getting them outside of this i was season, thinking you know? of wintering them separately and then putting them together um around like this time like march april when we get a ton of rain and just heavily right. misting their cage yeah like all the i don't know yep. if you guys got well I'm talking like Riley's right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Riley's on the, the other, other side of the country. Of the US. Yeah, none of these good, yeah. yeah. Well, we got bombarded with a storm oh, yesterday. Nuts. Holy yeah. shit, man. Dude, my um, the olive was on. Uh, and I the got olive eggs, so that makes sense. Nothing. I mean, the olive is underneath. She, she was in the bin for the longest time, and I think I checked on her too much because now she doesn't want to go in the bin anymore. She's laying underneath the bin. So, like, it's this giant snake and this bin is sitting on top of her and she's like <laughs> making a divot in the mulch and i'm like whatever makes you happy baby like do whatever right. um it's just gonna be funny if she beehives because i think it's gonna be like like touching the ceiling of the cage but a breeder is there a better do you get more excited when you see that like there's something very like sometimes you see them coiled and you think yep. it could be like eggs. i hate that i hate you that know, you're so like much. Uh, <laughs> 
but there's a definite look when yes. they're coiled and beehive. Like, you know, I don't know if it happens with other pythons, but with carpets, as soon as you see it, you're like, you know, eggs. Yeah. Yep. It's, yep. it's one of those times where you're checking on her and you're I like, fucking love when that happens. You're right? like, maybe, maybe, but you know, it's not the yeah. second you see it, it's on. You're and like, you're like, yes. Yeah. That's how I was when I, when I was looking at Molly Ringwald, right? The day before I'm looking at her, I'm like, nothing. Maybe she's not gravid. Yeah, I hate that. Like, I hate the doubt. Like, I hate I'm it so much. Doubt myself, or whatever. Yeah. The next day, I came down and I, I go in and I look, and there she is. And I was like, "Yes, yes!" I'm doing like cartwheels around my room. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I, I, dude, I just, you know me. I just want to breed something different. Like I, I'm, I'm breeding the coastals, and the coastals are fine. You know, I was psyched to get my first clutch of jungles two, three years ago. Yeah. You know, and now, uh, like you know, I, I'm not. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to get too jazzed up about it because they're not here yet. But you know, I've never produced olive pythons before, and if I get a clutch of olives, I don't care if there's like one good one that pops out. Holy fuck! I made olive python. <laughs> I made olive python. Like I don't care. If it's just one. <laughs> it's like, singular. Singular. It's mine. It's right. Like you know. It, so why not? That's what I did with Mad Hogs. I made exactly. Mad Hog. You made Mad Hog. It's like that's all I want. <laughs> that's all I want to do. Um, you know, the carpets, the coastals are just my fun project. Those are where I can play with the colors and the morphs and the fun stuff. And you know, that's all. That's all my thing. Which is why I'm trying to gear it towards the ones that I really like, the coastals. But the other stuff, like I just want to produce it. I want to produce it because I think they're kick-ass species, and I think there needs to be more of them out there. And if I say they're kick-ass and then produce them, more people are going to be interested in them. And then maybe, you know, sure, I, like I don't give a shit. Like, I, you know, it's going to be the worst thing if I like ever produce blackface white lips. It's going to be so hard for anybody to get them away from me because they're going to be mine, my little blackface white I lips think, that I made. I think you'll and, hold on to them more so than you would hold on to rough scales. Yes, I know yes. you love rough scales. Yes. I know you're no, your I, thing. No, it's not that hard. No, because. Here's the thing is that with the ruffies, I'll breed the ruffies, I'll get ruffy babies, and then I'll maybe keep a pair. But, you know, maybe I'll do like a swap with like Brett or uh, Terry just to kind of get new, I don't want to say bloodlines, they're all the same goddamn thing. But, you know, but with the white lips, I'd want to keep the babies because I want to raise them up because I want to establish a breeding project with more animals, you know. Keep raise up my blackface white lips and then get new blackface white lips brought in and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it would be hard. So, yeah, it would be like Scott Borden if he pr produces Malook and Scrubs. Yeah, Heath if he produces Bull and I. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you've been trying to do this for so many years and then you finally do it. it. You're like, it's, no, or, I'm not. You know, no. It's no, yeah. you're yeah, not that's getting what... any of these. Get no. off. Go, go, go buy the wild caught ones. You know, you don't deserve this. Like, yeah, that's how this goes. Yeah, so right. if I, if I ever get the chance to produce uh Apodora, if I get babies, I'm like, well, time to start building the Apodora building. <laughs> yep. It's time, <laughs> right. to, time to start. To, how many, how many of these carpets can I get rid of to make room for white lips? Like, yeah, like th these two go to Eric and the rest are for me. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Owen, I don't. I, I'm surprised you don't. You're not into that snake, man. It, it clicks all of your boxes. <laughs> Which one, the Epidora? They, yeah. Of course, they click all my boxes. And you know what? I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I got one pair of olives that are breeding. The other pair hadn't done shit for me in seven years. Yeah, you dump maybe. That shit, man. Maybe we so dump dump Epidora. that shit, get some Epidora, and then we have olives and 
Epidora and Timor's out in the out room with the big snakes. There, I had, a, I had a line on an adult male for you. I messaged you the other day. <sighs> it can be done. I know it you, can be done. Few but... clicks and some some typing, and you could have a. Uh, you can you're missing, have that you're missing the crucial part. You're missing the crucial part of money <laughs> that would need to exchange. Mm. Um, yeah, it's money isn't they... worth anything anymore, man. You're right. Yeah. No, so it's, how many it's, packs it's of toilet paper now? Yeah, how, many, now. how many packs of toilet paper is that Apodora worth? <laughs> uh, Dude, I can at least two dozen. Oh, okay, um, but no, it's like it, that's something you think about. Where it's like I have X number of cages, I have X number of time of of time with projects and things like that. And right now, I got 2.2 olive pythons. Well. 1.1 is now about to prove itself. What do you do with the other 1.1? Well, it's like, yeah. Do you hang That's on to it? Like do you let it go? Dude, man, it, take them to no. Hamburg. You'll sell them in 10 minutes. For half the price. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that of course. There's big snake. <laughs> yeah. Can I breed it my retic? Please go away. <laughs> it's like, it's. <laughs> It's, what it's kind a, of retake morph is that? I think it's, it's patternless. An olive. Quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's. I don't know. You think about because I got the I got two more. Uh, I got two cages ready to go for the other retics that are growing up. So um, I would have to open I still up. Can't believe you have two retics, more cages. man. I don't either. I, can't believe I don't know how that. Happens. You say the words retics and my retics. <laughs> Am I in Bizarro World? What is going on here? It is rather strange. Um, especially because those those cages were built for white lips, and that then now that now retics are in them. It's like that's weird. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's just weird that that you know I don't know. It, the, those that's her. You know those are hers. I'm just well not Take no. Care of them. Te- technically, she owns one retic and I own two, so that just doesn't work. Or hmm. John, yeah, <laughs> the numbers are off there. It's Matt Minitola's fault. Can we just do that? Like you know, let's, let's yeah. roll with that. Let's roll with that. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. Well, the only thing that I'm looking forward to, I can't really say because I don't know if it's out there, but you guys know what it is. And it's a reality carpet. Oh, right. Yeah. Please don't say it out loud. Okay. <laughs> Got it. No, it's Good not now. in Bricada. Okay. But I think you two know what it is. I know what you're talking about. I, I'm I not do. sure if it's if it's uh Does it start with a G? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be the one that I'm most looking forward to add. Is that the last one that you can think about that you need? Mm, no. I mean I have some open you know I, is the next this, step we have to raid islands along the Australian Well, this was coastline. kind of brought up with um, this was kind of brought up with uh, I think I was listening to Warren Booth talk about this, and he was mm-hmm. talking about how like a lot of Morelia people will want like specific bloodlines of of things and and not doing outcrossing and stuff like that. But like I think I talked about this before. I, I kind of like to start with a base of that so that I can yep. outcross. But I want to produce my own animals from that line to. And then, you know, like if I if I produce a clutch of a fours and I produce a clutch of Harris animals and then outcross them together, but my animals. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so the ones that I produce. That's that's kind of my goal. That's the long term goal. But yeah. like there was be some diamonds that I would wanna like I'd like to uh, you know, add the uh, like uh 
you know, the stuff that's over in Europe, some of that bloodlines from the zoos over there. Um, if I could find a riverbank zoo male to go with my female, mm -hmm. that would be awesome because you can't really find them too much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, breadlie, inlands, Darwins, poplins, jungle, I'm pretty good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where maybe some, like I said, maybe some diamonds and stuff like that. I would like to maybe add, like, um, a nice female striped Darwin, like from Tiger, from the yeah. Tiger stuff. Or um, cool. Todd's striped Darwin. So those are these pattern Ooh, ones. That's the other. That's there it is. That's yeah. the other one. Yeah. I would love to add those reduced uh, ones. Have you seen those in person? Yes. yes. Fuck me. Those things are stupid. They're so I, nice. I kicked Dude. myself in the ass because I was at Tinley Park, and I think it was like the first year that he had them, and this was a this was like. Yeah. Remember, oh, what was that? Yes. What was the first year you went? 2014, maybe? I Some, think so. Somewhere in that it, area. It, somewhere it, in that had, area but... it had to It had to have been 2014, 2015 yeah. at the, uh, yeah, you know, they maybe. were yeah. gorgeous. And then the next time we saw them, these, the, Dude, the cool thing so about them. I was close to pulling the trigger. Like, you Todd's should. Like, Come on, man. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just made this money. I don't want to just give it up. If, so I, if, I, had, if I had had the cash, I would have done it just to. Be like, uh, yep, and now they're with me. But right. the thing is, I've saw I saw them the last time I went to Tinley in the March without you. Um, I saw some that he had that were bigger, uh -huh. and they got mm -hmm. brighter, and they yes. have like these purples on their sides. Yes, down by. It, yeah, it's man. like looking at them on the top. You're like, it's a cool reduced striped Darwin, and then you get closer and you realize just the freaking color that's on the thing, and you're like, oh my god! Like, yeah, yeah it's. They're yeah. gorgeous. Again, yeah, I, 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 I saw them Darwin, too. They're so it's yeah. a waste of money for me. But uh, but you, you, you they gotta have gorgeous snake, waste of man. Money. Yeah, 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 they're beautiful. <laughs> they uh, the the normal looks better than the albino. In my does. I mean, the albino the the albinos look great. They get the contrast as they get older, as you'd expect, and they're a nice yellow and white for sure. But uh, yeah, Todd showed me some of his like two and three year olds, and they have this gorgeous like chestnut mahogany colors. Yeah. No, Ugh. I, I want the pattern. I want the color. It's like when you're looking at uh, tannin bars, and you see you see one that is like a patterned normal, and you're like, oh my god, you're like I, I want that one. They're like, but this is a patternless xanthic. I'm like, I don't give a shit about your silver pale snake. I want that one. And you find yeah. out the pattern normal is the weird rare one. Right. So it's, you know, like that, like, I, I think those are gorgeous animals. So yeah. I, if I lose my mind this year, I will add caramel tigers and I will add hypos if I lose my mind. Okay. So don't add hypos. I know I can't. I have to wait for you. The year, you're just gonna get a hype. I know. I just wait. I'll wait. I know. If I would like some caramel tigers, because I have, um, I've, I have some, I have some really good looking caramel jags that I've been working with, and super caramel jags that I've been producing and stuff like that. But I do not have that many caramel tigers. When I say I do not have that many, I have one, and she's one I produced, and she's. Okay, for a Gen One, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> but now I'm looking at like what KJ's produced and what Kohler produced and what Todd's produced, and I'm like, wait, damn, man, don't, don't don't sell yourself short because I got to tell you what, like the mm. other day, I, you know how like when you know the snakes sort of hit that stride where they like, 
yeah on that size and they get that head that color yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah well you'll probably hate me for this when i say this but most likely you know the one that you uh you gave me mm. the caramel mm. it was the m pen stripe yeah right. how bad is it yeah <laughs> dude it looks like benjamin I go white. go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> also, also, I demand pictures. <laughs> like I, I will. I'll send you pictures. Dude, I, I swear for, to God, I keep it just forgetting shed. you have that animal. And like I, I keep I, forgetting I, you have that animal. And I go and I look and I was like, uh, he let this go because <laughs> I'm an idiot. I told you, like this was before I decided making it mandatory to keep. 1.1 of every clutch, which thank God I adopted that rule. Well, don't um, worry. Riley says the same thing when he looks at the Citrus Tiger hat albino. He's like, why did he let this go? <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I, was looking at, I was looking at my girl yesterday. I was looking at my girl yesterday because uh, Riley and I have sisters. Right. And, dude, like. Every once in a while, I catch her in the light, and I'm like, "Why is that jungle up there?" Oh, like, oh, that's that's you, like, yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah, they're crazy, man. I love that snake. And this, this is this is why I say that, you know, like the citrus tie. It's not. I look at it more of like how like Keith would look at like selectively bred type of of, of yeah. genetics or more for whatever you want to say, but like that snake that Riley has looks exactly like the mom. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. spitting image. Yeah. yeah, even like the everything. I'm just like, wow. If that's not reproducible, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's a gene or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that like it's a fe- it's a phenotype. Right, you can breed for this specific look and like really really refine on it. But yeah, man. yeah. Anyway, well, we were supposed to end, <laughs> and and yet here we keep going. So yeah. <laughs> reptile nerds unite <laughs> reptile nerds in quarantine <laughs> yep well what else are we gonna do right well want to talk about snakes some more right. yeah okay. pretty much is usually how it goes yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah cool so that's some cool stuff that uh to add for this upcoming season if uh yep. it works out that way you know? yep. yeah so all right guess we should uh i don't know anything else you want to hit on you want to wrap it up or what wrap it up but i don't think we got anything else we can really let's try to see let's limit yeah let's limit the the damage we can do in one episode that's right you know yeah (laughs) fair enough um all right so yeah we'll just give the uh go ahead riley you want to give your uh yeah where people can catch up with you yeah you can find me on uh, instagram at riley's reptiles Facebook under Riley's Reptiles, YouTube just under Riley Jimison, uh, and then the Reptile Room podcast, uh, which we paused this week. Uh, Andy isn't feeling too hot, and uh, so we'll get back on schedule later. But yeah, you can find me at the Reptile Room podcast on Instagram and reptileroompodcast.com as well. So, cool. yep. Yeah, you guys are killing it with that. That's why mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't want you to go too long with a little taste of Riley, so we yeah. him with us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we dragged him out here with us, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, okay, so for us, Murray Python Radio, uh, Radio.net is the website. Info at MurrayPythonRadio.com. Uh, you can uh, send us an email there if, uh, if you so choose. Um, 
I don't think, uh, well, yeah, Carpet Fest Uh-oh. is kind of like put on hold for now. So I still I still want to design a T-shirt Correct. to sell, and, uh, and I still want to call it that we are still going to celebrate Carpet Fest in some way because next year I want us to go, if we do have to cancel next year, when it's our 10th year, I want us to blow up Eric's house. Like, I mean, like, he will have a place to live. <laughs> Like I want to go balls to the freaking walls, so um, <laughs> there will be a carpet fest, something. So yeah, there will we'll be wheeling off of the roof of goddamn wheeling right off the roof. Uh, that yep, is one of yep. that, is, that is one of my <laughs> my proudest moments. <laughs> was, was coming up with that one on the fly, pointing, <laughs> like, pointing yeah, that one, pointing that one on the fly. Especially because wasn't it? It was a uh, if I wheeler uh, flying <laughs> a flying snake off of Eric's roof, will it fly? Like yeah, that was which which I still want to know. I mean, <laughs> oh my well, god! Apparently the wheeler works, but I don't yeah, know. About I, I want to know what the flying snake does. <laughs> You know, if, if, like how many people have put a basilisk at the end of a pool Dude, and scared it, like I, to see if, if it I, run? If I can replay that in my head, right? I'm <laughs> running around, right? I'm all over the place. I'm like going from like you know from my reptile room out to the thing, right? And here's Brandon. He comes over and he's like, "Yo, dude." Would it be cool if I like jump off your roof? I'm like, what are you a fucking idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, absolutely not. Under no circumstances do you jump off my roof. And I thought that that was cool. (laughs) The next day, they're like, yo, I'll never forget. My sister's like, Eric, why did you have people jumping off of your roof? I was like, shut up. Nobody's jumping off my roof. I'm like, Owen, was somebody jumping off my room? Well, Apparently. here's the thing, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I have to break bad news to Eric, it's usually like the, well, um, <laughs> so technically, technically, yeah. yes. Yep. I mean, That's it's a great story. Great story. Yep. My favorite is still when I was, I passed out in my bedroom and then Chris Foley went to find me and was screaming at the top of his lungs, banging open doors. And I was awake on the other side going, nope, not, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Not even gonna let him know I'm alive. <laughs> like just leaving that one lie. People so. were mad at your house, man. They were really. Oh, it's your god, dude. <laughs> they were really bad. At least with Dory, she like keeps them a little bit calmer. You know. Yeah, like, they, they, yeah. They don't give a shit about me, but they're like, mm, I don't want to piss her off. Piss off Dory. Yeah, like with my house, there's no one here but Owen. Fuck right. it. Like, oh god. Fuck him. Woo-hoo. Yeah. That guy throwing pies at the wall and shit. Like, Like, this is fucking good. Oh, they're breaking into different parts of my house to hide business cards. Like, yeah, it was bad. Oh, I love that. They taped it to the peanut butter jar. Inside the wrapper. Six months later, Owen's opened it up. He's like, what the fuck? I have a reptiles. I have a full envelope of Howard's business cards and flyers that I keep forgetting to give to him because I've found them over the years. Yeah, we had some good times at Carpet Fest, man. And then when we went to uh, Bill's place and the bed was covered. The bed was covered with it, yeah. (laughs) And and you know what? Again, that was another thing. They tried to shave me at Southern Carpet Fest. I was just awake and heard him come. No, Bill's dog woke woke me up. Oh, yeah, that's right. got sneaking up the cigars or whatever. And you went upstairs and I was like, I I don't remember who I said it to. Maybe it was Evan or something. And I was like... 
Oh, that's a bad move, bro. Bill and Evan were coming <laughs> for me. And his dog Bill was, was like, waiting like a shark, just like he Dur-dur-dur. was creeping up the stairs. And his dog, his dog was I guess it was his daughter's dog, but we were like, it was laying down with me. And it's like burf. And I wake up as Bill's creepily opening the door. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, We're just checking on you, buddy. And I'm like, bullshit, you are. He's got a shaver in his hand. Like I didn't see his other hand was behind his back. Like they were going to shave me. Like it it was going to be people's obsession with shaving you, man. They shaved you at this carpet fest. They don't want you to have hair or something. I don't know. It's weak. Anyway, um, Eric, you want to throw out your information and stuff Uh, so we can. You know where to find me. I mean, if you don't know at this point, then you don't deserve to know me. Just go. Go into any shop right in New Jersey and start screaming for the manager. Eventually, you'll uh, find Eric. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh man, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother podcast. I think after this, I'm going to have uh, surviving the retail uh, world in the Corona world <laughs> <laughs> after we all get out of this. You know? Eric could retire. Eric could retire comfortably. He'd have already put his papers in. Oh shit, like, man! I would have done that a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> It's rough. It's rough. But I yeah. know. EB Morelia. Everything yeah, is EB Morelia. Find it. You know, that's what it is. You want to get in touch with me. So. All right. Uh, for me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Also, uh, facebook.com at uh, rogue reptiles and Instagram at rogue underscore reptiles. Cool. That's all we have for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. And we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.